Does everybody know what time it is? Time for the Season 5 Super Spectacular! The end of the longest season of grunt work in history! We're going to break out the hats and hooters when grunt work comes home. We're going to rev up the motor scooters when grunt work comes home to stay. We're going to park in the street, sleep on the beach, and make it. Throw down the jam till the girls say when. Lay down the law and break it when grunt work comes home. For this, the grunt work season 5 super spectacular. Capping off what, as it as the title suggests, the fifth <laughs> season of Home Improvement. I'm your host, Landon, the Truman Caps guy, Solano. <laughs> and I am uh, Truman, the, Land- <laughs> the Landon Solano Caps co-host. Guys, folks, <laughs> listen, everybody, I'm just going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Not only, not only did we take like seven false starts on trying to kick off this episode, but Landon and I also both have dealt with like weird shit in our lives like five minutes before we started recording. So this episode is just going to be in that space. And I think that... Is it, is it better to go out with a bang or a whimper? Well, but I, I think though, given, given where we are as a country, given where we are as a world right now, given the things that have yeah. transpired over the course of us covering the fifth season of Home Improvement, I, I think <laughs> it's been a weird and odd and kind of unsettling and uncomfortable year. So what, what better way to yep. finish it off than with a weird and wild and unsettling, uh, uh, episode of Grunt Work, an unsettling super spectacular. Yeah. And you know what, Truman? I'm going to support you in this uh, with an observation I made uh, the other night. Yes. Uh, since getting, um, since we did Tom and Huck, I subscribed to Disney Plus and and Hulu, uh, that little package, so that I could watch it. Yeah. Uh, which means that I've been catching up on um, some television on Hulu that I've missed out on since not having it. Yes. But uh, I don't. I'm not fancy, uh, and you know. Uh, spring for the ad-free experience. So I've been watching a lot of commercials, mm-hmm. and I have to tell you, um, I have grown a massive disdain for this, the kind of general marketing techniques of, uh, isn't your life perfect? Your life could be perfect if you chose our product. <laughs> uh, and have really, in the last day or two, uh, just had this unquenchable thirst for like, just show me a normal person tell me, <laughs> telling me something. I don't want to watch people with perfect white teeth smiling in their homes doing a Zoom chat on whatever <laughs> you know commercial you're doing. This is so far from reality from my current prison that I'm in that uh, uh, it just like completely turned me off. So I am all about being here for the warts and all approach. I, I Well, yeah, I think that the the only way that we could make this, you know, more authentic than to, to the commercial experience is if we started off by saying, in these uncertain times, grunt work <laughs> is still here for you. Please we're buy all our this shit. Together. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all in this together, and you know the economy is in the toilet. There is an incurable disease <laughs> ravaging the country. Wouldn't you like to buy a brand new Hyundai Sonata right now? Isn't that what you'd like to spend <laughs> well, money on? Yeah. Let's okay. <laughs> Even though the warts and all approach, I think is the right one. Uh, I don't think we need to dwell on the laundry list of what's uh, what's currently going on. Sure, I mean, we are here for entertainment. Oh. 
Um, Fuck, is that what... Oh, man, is that what we've supposed to have been doing this whole time? <laughs> well, it, it's a it's a long haul to try to get there. Someday we're going to entertain somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that somebody is somebody with a very warped concept of what entertainment is, I, I think. Uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's address to some of the people... Um, I, this might go contrary to what uh, we joke about week after week, particularly with JTT Junction. Sure. But um, I, I've recently discovered that there is a large sect of people who do not go back to episode one uh, to discover uh, uh, a show. Yeah. So there may be people that have found us in season five. Oh. Um, that are unfamiliar with our previous seasons. Oh, okay. So we talk about so, what we do on the show. So it's a I, podcast about the TV series Home Improvement. We didn't really make that clear in our <laughs> intro, which was kind of a car crash of Steely Dan lyrics. <laughs> uh, but that said, I think we should uh, at least explain what the Super Spectacular is. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, the Super Spectacular. I mean, it's like explaining what Christmas is. It's like explaining what chocolate <laughs> is. Uh I mean, well, the... How do you encapsulate childhood wonder? Yeah, yeah. How do you solve a problem like the Super Spectacular? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this, this, is, the, this is the episode, uh, it, traditionally, in our religion, uh, Grunt Workology, <laughs> where we go back, we look back at the season of Home Improvement that we've watched. We pick our MVP actors. We pick our favorite episodes. We discuss, you know, the highlights and the lowlights. And, yeah. most importantly, we tabulate the grunt count, the running season. Yes, we live up to our namesake. Grunt count. Yes, the thing that we, the thing that we talk so much about, and that we uh, that we build up to all the suspense of all season long happens here. So maybe, maybe <laughs> if you just started listening to grunt work with this episode, despite everything that's happened in in the past few minutes, this might actually be the best place to start because you're going to get the thing that people <laughs> have been waiting for all season long, which is how many times did they grunt this season? Not they. Oh, don't don't they, mis, uh, mislead he, our audience to your rules. I, you know what? You know what? I'm just I'm taking a I'm taking a crack at what Tim Allen's pronouns might be. He seems like a guy oh, okay. who's very right. very open minded about that uh, that subject. <laughs> um. So yeah, we we're just here to kind of look back at the season, uh, give some personal reflections, and uh, you know we do that every episode. But I think it's it's worth taking stock at the end of each season. Uh, try to compare that to previous seasons and see how uh, our experience with the show is changing. Yeah, um, you know, using these as kind of just the the tent poles to take stock. Yes, yes, I would I I agree wholeheartedly. That is what we should be doing with this, <laughs> and that is what we usually do. That is what we usually do. So um, I want to start uh, – well, okay, we're going to get to it in a minute, but uh, the the kind of look back at season five. Um, <laughs> and we, it's, I think, going to be necessary. Yes. Because this season has lasted 42 years. Yes, I know. But, I should actually uh, – I should pull up the, the list of episodes so I'm remembering <laughs> things correctly. Before we do that, uh, we had a uh, uh, an email come in that I wanted oh. to read. Oh, an email? That's an email. An email? Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's not that weird. People still send those. I just thought people were only exchanging TikToks these days. <laughs> well, we're not on TikTok, so we might have like a an inbox full of TikTok messages that uh, are unseen. There's just hordes of thirteen year olds doing obscure dance <laughs> challenges for us. Yeah, I know, which is why it's better that us two guys in our thirties don't oh, okay. log in. Yeah. We will not be on TikTok, yes, guys. Not not ever. Uh, <laughs> we can't do this podcast from prison. Um, so I don't know if you remember um, back in uh, shopping around the uh, episode twenty four with Mister Leonard uh, cheating 
presumably on uh, Tim's mother. Yes, I, I do remember that episode. It was fairly recent. It was fairly recent, uh, in that it was seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, the There was a question we had at the end of the episode uh, about the outtake. Tim Allen was sporting the Spartacus-ish oh, helmet yeah. uh, with the, the glasses looking very Kaiser-y. Yeah. With the, you know? Yeah. Um, it, okay, so I'm not going to pretend like I knew what it was, because clearly I didn't in the moment. Um, but I think we both kind of felt like it was referencing something that we didn't quite get. Yeah. And so we got uh, an email that uh, explained what this was. <gasps> and as soon as I read this, I was just like double face palm to myself in that, of course, I should have put two and two together because uh, it's referencing a show that I watched all of the time. Uh, oh. When I was staying over at my grandparents' oh, house. Oh, shit. I think I already can guess what the show is. But okay, uh, continue. I'll pretend like I don't oh, know. No, no, so can... no. This is good. Take a guess, and then we'll read the letter. Uh, Hogan's Heroes. He's being Colonel Clink. <laughs> uh, no. What? Uh, oh, wow. That's a, a very good guess, though. I mean, that seems like, um, I mean, that seems like the sort of thing that it would have been. Are, are you sure that the letter isn't fake news? Because I feel like my guess was actually correct. <laughs> uh, I did fact check this, so she, she's not lying. Okay. Um, this comes from Lauren, uh, who you can find on Twitter, at MusicalMaven90. Uh, she writes, Hey guys, I just listened to the Shopping Around episode, and you had said you didn't get the outtakes reference where Tim is in the planter at the restaurant. It's from Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, oh. a TV show from the 60s. He's imitating the uh, an Art Johnson rec- uh, recurring character that did... Uh, that did that very thing on many episodes. You can see clips of this on YouTube. Glad you guys are back. Keep making great content. Oh, Lauren, Lauren. thank you so much for for a for writing in with that informational uh, informational thing that was totally over our heads. And B, thank you for the sweet kind <laughs> words. Yeah, it's funny. As soon as I read her uh, email, it like I almost I wouldn't quite classify it as a flashback, but like all of a sudden, all these memories came flooding back to me. Um, from you know sitting on my grandmother's carpet uh, or area rug in front of her television screen while you know she played canasta with her friends or something <laughs> um who knows what adults were doing at the time but this is you know just putting on something colorful and funny for me to play while i, I think i was playing with my wow this is actually a vivid memory wrestling buddies back. were they the wrestling buddies there was there was before wrestling buddies what uh, there was a before wrestling was, buddies there was a very hard to find uh karate kid um, uh, arena, like there, there was a, a what do you call it, a rink with a referee, and um, it, so it was Karate Kid, but there weren't actually likenesses no, of the because they, they, they didn't get the appearance <laughs> rights. I guess so, yeah. But there was just like this mustachioed referee <laughs> and this ring, and um, uh, I think I think I used a ninja. Uh, from a different, you know, entirely different <laughs> franchise, uh, and and fought with him. So uh, the, the um, Karate Kid was... movies would have been vastly improved if a ninja had shown up at the last second. <laughs> like just a not a Beverly Hills ninja, mind you, a San Fernando Valley ninja just shows up and starts competing, <laughs> sweeping the leg and whatnot. I'm still waiting for uh, San Fernando Ninja versus Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> well, li- listen, I can I'll start training now. I live in the San Fernando Valley, so I'll start training now. If you can find someone in Beverly Hills to take on that mantle. 
Oh, um, perfect. Well, um, well, but I want to say though yeah. also that that memory that you that you called up, it, it, I felt like it was very vivid and a very strong sense of time and play. like I can picture your grandma like playing canasta <laughs> and presumably chain smoking, and like you watching this <laughs> no. thing on TV while playing and making like little you know doing voices for the action figures, and I think it's amazing that <laughs> that you know. That Tim Allen doing that impression did not trigger this very deep memory for you, but then Lauren writing in and explaining it did trigger the memory, <laughs> which is both kind of a diss on Tim Allen's impression of that guy on Laugh-In, and then also a credit to Lauren for helping you to unearth this part of your past. Like, this is like hypnotherapy. Yeah, no, I, I uh, agree with that assessment. Uh, so I want to give a, a personal thank you to Lauren for, you know, and it was it was a sweet memory. I mean, it wasn't like my grandmother sat me down to neglect me, you know, so that she can go with her friends. It was just, you know, um, I was being watched for the weekend and, you know, she spent many, <laughs> many other moments with me that weekend. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I didn't mean to portray it as your grandma being like neglectful and chain smoking. Just like that, you know, it was like just just <laughs> she also moment. wasn't a smoker. OK, OK. But I just kind of assumed that everyone's grandparents in the 80s were smoking because I'm pretty sure my grandparents <laughs> smoked in the 80s. So, uh, OK, but that's that's fine. Your experience may your mileage may vary with the smoking grandparents, <laughs> cigarette smoking grandparent. Uh, perfect. Uh, and speaking of time and looking back and, and thinking of things, I probably shouldn't speak into the microphone when my mouth is in my hand. Um, <laughs> well, you should speak into the microphone, just, was, Landon. That's fundamental. Was, <laughs> We've been doing this for a while. I, just to paint a picture for people, I was looking out the window with my hand, my, my chin in my hand and, uh, wistfully thinking back to the beginning of the season. Oh so, boy. Uh, oh geez. <laughs> that's where I was. Oh um, God. Oh man. <laughs> Do you want to preface anything before we go into this? Like maybe maybe before we take a review, we should uh, just stop for some personal reflections. Like what what is your general sense? What is Truman Caps's general uh experience with season 5? And take that take that as generally or as specific as you want to take it. I mean, okay, so in in terms of it, like in terms of the content of season 5, my experience was pretty good, you know. I I, th- mm-hmm. I think that I said I think I said something like this last season, and I think I would say it again here is that I think that the I think that I like this season the most out of all of them thus far. Like I mm-hmm. I think and I think I said that about season four, and I think that season five is even better than season four. I think that the show has been on a consistent upswing in terms of quality, and that even the episodes that we don't like that much are just so much better than. The, yes. than, than the episodes we liked a lot in, say, you know, the season that shall not be named that came after season two. <laughs> um, I think, and to that point, I think that the worst kind of episode we get in season five isn't a bad episode. It's just a nothing episode. It, it, it's just a, a filler, fluffy episode. Yeah, they, they, they are episodes that are built around a gimmick such as, I don't know, tanks. And uh, <laughs> and and then we just and it's just kind of like oh okay well it's you know or oh it's just going to be a bunch of montages or like ah a man's kitchen <laughs> all right um, yeah so in terms of out and out quality I'd, I'd say that the show is you know this season is great I like this season a lot in terms of the season of home improvement um, I liked mm-hmm. the introduction of Bud I liked I liked the sort of hint i like the concept of bud i i like i you you like bud conceptually you like the the <laughs> aroma of bud or the essence of bud yeah. i don't and i i like i like charles robinson i just i don't like i just don't like well we'll get to that in our our uh guest uh, guest star favorite guest star i i 
I like I like that they introduced this concept that oh the, it, this guy wants to make tool time bigger and there's going to be this yeah. big decision as to whether Al is involved or not and they kind of set that up and then as the season goes on they're kind of just like eh, we don't need that storyline <laughs> yeah we'll 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 come back to that one later don't worry about it guys yeah um, well I also like what I do like about it is that Tim is beholden to somebody yeah that's true that's true that Tim has to has somebody he, there's a can't be a dick there's to. a ceiling for him yeah yeah exactly yeah someone he has to suck up to <laughs> exactly yeah so i've enjoyed that dynamic um and I, I, I yeah so i mean show wise great um in terms of what's happened since october 31st the day that we released our episode about the first episode of this season um and- are you kidding me? It was October thirty first. Well, I'm looking at Spotify right now, and we released uh, we released a Taylor runs through it on October thirty first, twenty nineteen. <laughs> now, folks, <laughs> folks, I don't want to bring it back too much to current events, but I'm pretty sure on October thirty first, twenty nineteen, COVID nineteen didn't even exist. Like, I'm pretty sure that that it was, no, that's true. it was just a twinkle in some bat's eye when we were recording an episode about the Taylors going on a summer vacation that none of us get to have this summer. Um, but yeah, so a lot's, I mean, part of it is that, I mean, I don't know, I feel like we took a couple extra breaks in this season, but yeah, we did. Yes. The world has shifted under our feet since we started covering the fifth season of Home Improvement. And for that reason, I think season (laughs) five of Grunt Work will always have a, an even bitterer taste to me than season three. (laughs) It's, it's as if season three, uh, the, the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the tone of the content that we experienced in season three bled through to the tone of the reality uh, in season five. Um, if if we, I, I, I got to be perfectly honest from my own experience. If we were experiencing season three during this time, I probably would have called this off. <laughs> Landon, Landon, I was literally going to say the exact same thing. We are, we, and indeed you, the listener, are so lucky that we got a really good season for this really shitty eight month span of our lives. <laughs> yeah, um, but not, I mean, but it, it hasn't been all bad. I mean, it's just been long. That's the, that's the thing for me. Like, it's just been long, and life has been exhausting. Um, and you know, I want, I will get to some more details of, you know, what's to come, uh, toward the end of this episode. So I guess that's a, uh, a little cliffhanger, <laughs> more foreshadowing for the end of the episode, yep. a patented grunt work, uh, <laughs> grunt work, um, thing is, is yeah. teasing people out for what they can expect in about an hour. So set your calendars oh, for that. God, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think another thing I've hated about season five is the amount of calendar content. I don't even remember when we started doing calendar gags, but I'm sure it was this season. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just been uh, it's been a, a slog. Not not recording the podcast, which has actually been a boon to me uh, during the last seven years of doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Of, of season five yeah but uh yeah there there's just been a lot going on and um what i think makes it and i, I want to just bring this back to the content of the episode which is i i think what makes it feel longer is that <laughs> this might seem frivolous but when we look at episode one a tailor runs through it jonathan taylor thomas is still like a baby he's still <laughs> like a child <laughs> 
And then yeah. by the end of it, he's had a cancer scare. Yes. <laughs> and he's a full-grown man, and Brad looks like a prison inmate. Yeah. So Ra- Randy, by the end of the episode, has not only beat cancer, but he's taking high school trigonometry classes. Like, we've learned that <laughs> Randy is like a Doogie Hauser type. And Doogie Hauser also survived cancer. So, like, basically, Randy has become the Doogie Hauser of this show. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's So I think that that's made it feel longer. Because when I was thinking back to, like, you know, before I looked up the episode list, I'm like, what was the first episode of this season? Um, I just, I could not remember. And when I saw a Taylor runs through it uh, as the first episode, the first image that came to my mind was from the montage of them trying to cram everything in yeah. in one day. And <laughs> That's... JTT just holding up the fish. Yeah. And I'm like, he still had like, you know, pre-adolescent long blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he was still about to go run off with uh, with Billy, you know, <laughs> and Stinky, and play and play Blade Warriors, wearing <laughs> wearing uh, shoulder pads because they're cool. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think it's just been all of that has just made this feel a lot longer uh, than it has, and it has been long. <laughs> I, I I will say, uh, reflecting on a Taylor runs through it that episode in like you mentioned the montage of them trying to cram everything in that in my head is the whole episode like to me the episode starts (laughs) much and it's all just the william tell overture playing and it's just them running around and trying to do things and slapstick gags of them like falling down a sand dune and riding atvs for 22 and a half (laughs) minutes and then the you know ding probably um made uh probably solidifies in your mind that way because there are then i don't know three or four more episodes that do that exact thing where it's just you know the bulk of the episode is a montage of them doing something to a pop song this is the season i think when they really when they really cracked the montage based episode wasn't this the one where brad gets the paper route and the sun and the moon are singing oh no 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 that was I think that was early season four, but this is the one where they were putting Randy's bedroom together. Yeah, I remember that one. This is the one, you know, the recent episode of the uh, alarm installation. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, With the the sexy groundwork theme, yes. The, uh, I think there's a mini montage in the Tanks for Memories episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right, that fits. Um... Yeah, I mean it was the you know the the Benny Hill knockoff in uh, the Longest Day when uh, they think that Randy has cancer and they start chasing each other. Oh yeah, in and out of uh, hospital rooms. Yeah, yeah, and there's a bunch of uh, yeah, there's a bunch of uh, English bobbies swinging their uh, <laughs> swinging their billy clubs around and chasing people in and out of things. They're yeah, yeah, a, a sexy yep. nurse with a gigantic hypodermic needle. I remember, I remember all of this so clearly. <laughs> I know, or maybe I'm confusing that with the vasectomy one, where Tim uh, Tim's trying to run away from getting his balls clipped. Now I could actually, now that I could actually see being a thing. I could actually see that one happening. <laughs> when do you think? Do you? Th- I mean, I feel I. I don't know. I feel like there. I would not be totally shocked if, in one of the seasons to come, there is a straight up Benny Hill parody. I, I just. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying if any show in the '90s was going to do a salute to Benny Hill, it would be this show. Uh, quite possibly. Um, I know Benny Hill was on uh, at least Comedy Central while this uh, was airing, so uh, that's how I was introduced to Benny Hill back in those those early Comedy Central days when they just needed to fill time. So, so you'd you'd finish the episode of Mystery Science Theater on Comedy Central, and the next thing up would be like six hours of Benny Hill, and then what the <laughs> the, the Daily Show when it was hosted by Carson Daly. 
No, it was uh, Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn, that was it. But it would have made more yeah. sense if it was Carson Daly. Yes, it would. Thank you. That's all I wanted. <laughs> a lot boringer, but uh, um, boringer is what I said. Yep. That's yep. how tired I yep. am today. Here we are, guys. Here we are. You're getting us at our best. Um, so I just to, to round out some personal reflections on this season, uh, I agree with you know 90% of what you said. Well, I agree with 100% with what you said. Good. Just to add on to it. Um, you know, I think this season was uh, – again, you know, I, I mentioned while you were speaking that there weren't any problematic episodes. There weren't really any bad episodes. Yeah. But there also weren't any, like, super massive highlights. Uh, mm. To me, it was just like an average – I mean, there there are moments. There are one or two, like, really good episodes. But for the most part, it's just like a seven-star season. Like, <laughs> wait – that was quality. Oh, you mean out of like out of like ten stars? Out of, out of ten stars. Okay, yes. all right. I, maybe because I'm looking at IMDb right now, and that's the rating. Oh, I see. I see. I was I was thinking typically people do five stars. Maybe that's just my experience with like <laughs> with like apps now. They only do five stars. So it's like yeah. oh, so you're okay, saying so it's three and a half. It's so good that it can't even like be registered on the scale. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Um, so whatever, like the the three and a half. I mean, in relative terms to Home Improvement, if you know the best episode of Home Improvement is five and the worst is you know half a star, then this episode, this season just falls almost you know uh, pretty uh, uniformly to like a seven, yeah, or a three and a half. Yeah, God dang, I can't keep my rating systems together here. Um, where it's just like, yeah, I can't imagine and. This also speaks to a lot of the comments I made during the season, which is I remember these little moments, but I don't remember the the full episodes of things. And now I'm starting to see why. Yeah, because they because they're all just kind of one big moment that all runs. The, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That I, I guess that's fair. I mean, like when I was trying to come up with episodes that were highlights for me, I was going through and looking at everything and just kind of thinking, yeah, I remember watching these, but I don't remember a lot of what I watched. Like I remember talking <laughs> well, about them. Yeah, likewise. I mean, because we do that, you know, you could fit watching, uh, I don't know, three or four Home Improvement episodes into listening to one Grumpy Don't, episode, don't. Why but... do you have to say these things? It just further highlights the absurdity of what we do, Landon. I don't need this today. Because I live for the absurd. Oh, God. That's, that's my lifeblood. Yeah, well, that's, that's um, all we've got now. But to speak to that, why don't we uh, just do a, a quick review of uh, some of the, the episodes this season. Uh, I'm not going to go too in-depth to all of them, but I just want to take a look at where we started, where we uh, wh- what we went through, and where we ended up. Yeah, yeah, I think you should do it. Uh, yeah, so we already mentioned a Taylor runs through it. Mm-hmm. That was Jill's um, – uh, was her sister's uh, – or someone's a cu- her cousin's Her cousin's wedding. Cousin, yeah, cousin. Cousin's wedding. Yeah. Uh, that they all went out into the, the wilderness and, you know, ATVs. We already went through that. Yeah. Um, so the kids were like babies then. Sure. Um, then we get to the first temptation of Tim. We get the introduction of uh, Bud. Bud Harper. Yes. Uh, the new Binford. Uh, what do you call him? He's not like a CEO. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like he is kind of the CEO. Or he's at least like the new CEO. producer of Tool Time or something. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think he's the head uh, of Binford. Tim's boss. Yeah. A new, new boss for Tim. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 
uh, and he wants to in that episode. And this is kind of an interesting through line that they they toyed with more this season that they than they have in the past, which was Bud's like, we want to move forward with you, but not with Al. And yeah. Tim sticks up for Al. Yeah, yeah, which is which is a real Un- mo- unprompted. Yes, a real moment of like uh, uncharacteristic. I think that set us off onto. An overall good trajectory, like that was kind of what signaled to us. Okay, this ain't your daddy's Tim Taylor. Now he is, a, <laughs> he is going to with a little more frequency be nice to Al, which I think was a good a good touch to put yeah. up front. Much more my mommy's uh, uh, Tim. <laughs> yes, no, I can. I, my mom, my mom would crochet pictures of a friendly and benevolent uh, Tim who she believed in. You know, there's Old Testament Tim of season three who is cruel and destroys everything in his path, and then there's the New Testament Tim yeah. who is marginally friendlier. <laughs> Uh, And that takes us to episode three, where we get hints of the past Tim uh, that they eventually leave behind, which is uh, Jill's book club. Yes, yes. Who could forget? Tim gets jealous. And, you know, I I think that because this is so early in the season and we even commented toward the end of the season that they kind of did away with more of the uh, uh, War of the Sexes uh, storylines, which I think is a good move at this point in this uh, the series. You can only we, we we've been down those battles so many times. Yeah, you can only fight the same war so many times before uh, sooner yeah. or later everybody wants to go home. <laughs> well, uh, on you know a very apt point, uh, the next episode is Jill's surprise party, where we go down the same roads that we went down before, and everybody does want to go home. Yes, uh, yes, everybody waiting <laughs> around while Jill tries to get a piano yeah. from her hometown. Um, yes, and you know we'll go into the more of the details here because there are character actors in these that I want to talk about. Yeah, and, um, that's one episode that uh, that has one, but yeah, um. Advise and repent. Uh, this is where. Um, well, yeah, I yeah, guess we I, don't need to go yeah, into the I, yeah, details of all these. Yeah, I don't need. To, like, can can I can I jump ahead and highlight highlight one that I think does kind of hit the uh, hit the battle of the sexes a little bit uh, a little bit though. The look, the look. You you nailed it, man. Yeah. The look. That one really. That one kind of does bring that roaring back in true form. But I think what was good about that episode is that they do they do do if I may. You know, <laughs> I I try to I try to talk around it whenever whenever I come up upon that, but I you know sometimes I just have to let it fly. But uh, they they hit that that. What are you eating? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I, too too many things in the man's kitchen. I have to go use the man's bathroom. <laughs> but uh, you know that that episode where Tim spends four thousand dollars on Pistons tickets and everyone is talking about yeah. being scared of this look that they get from their wives. Like you know, I, I think that it does a better job with Battle of the Sexes stuff because by the end it's like, hey, how do we find a compromise? How do we find middle ground yeah. that is better than just Tim doing shitty stuff for 20 minutes and then doing <laughs> one half-assed nice thing at, right before the credits. Yeah. Well, and you know what else is different about the look uh, is that they they while the core issue is between Tim and Jill the it really plays out more between Harry and Dolores. Yeah. And what is interesting about that is that because they aren't the center Harry and Dolores aren't the centerpieces of the show, they're able to play it a little more heightened. Yes. And therefore it can be a little more comedic and we don't have to worry so much about the stakes. Yeah. Therefore it can be played more for comedy and just to to uh touch on points I made when uh we covered that episode uh, it was one that I vastly or uh, vividly remember from a kid, and was the most nervous about revisiting, um, worrying about how it was going to depict the kind of um, you know uh, nagging wife and hair roller, you know, hair with a rolling pin and hair rollers. I, I got, uh, I got what you were going for, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and while it, it veers a little bit in that territory, I think as an adult watching it, I'm like, while it does that, Harry definitely deserves a clonk over his noggin with a rolling pin. <laughs> yes, yes. And honestly, I mean, after, you know, after everything he went through in Vietnam, that probably wouldn't even bug him that much. <laughs> uh then we get into a few of the construction projects uh, that they do on Tool Time with uh, Randy's uh, bedroom in oh, the basement. Oh, yes, yes, uh, of course. Room with, without a view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get the return of the Bud Harper storyline where they're trying to get new affiliates, mm-hmm. and they try to woo the, the affiliate from Chicago at the Japanese hotel. Yes, while Tim is trying um, to woo Jill. <laughs> Tim gets a diploma. Uh, he's an honorary doctorate, which... Uh, Again, touches a little bit on the battle. It's not even battle of the sexes in that one, and that's just kind of jealousy between spouses, which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, uh, topic. But they didn't delve into it as much as I'd hoped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's it's weird. I kind of wish that they had hit more on. Like, I feel like they just kind of jumped in that episode straight ahead to everybody accepting that Tim is getting a diploma for no good reason, rather than like, <laughs> right. r- rather than people actually trying to deal with it and struggle with it. Although that that is one good yeah. episode where we see Wilson being actively angry that Tim is getting this advanced <laughs> degree. <laughs> That's right. We see the many um, sides of Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Then we are introduced to Tim's mom for the first time, and that's my mama. Yep. Uh, She apparently, uh, which I don't even remember from this season, started dating uh, Mr. Leonard in that episode. Yeah. Um, Which I guess was the crux of that whole episode, so I don't know what happened to me uh, (laughs) during episode 11, but there you go. Yeah. Um, We get our our patented Christmas episode. Um, Now, one thing that's worth mentioning, and I'm a little disappointed by this, is that Home Improvement has a reputation for Halloween episodes, but we haven't had a, a legit Halloween episode in, like, two seasons. I mean, yeah, the closest – well, the closest that they come with this season is uh, – the closest they come with this season is Let Them Eat Cake, where Brad is throwing the Halloween party with Senator Jason, and then Tim and Jill and everybody – They're just throwing a party. They're throwing a party, but, like, Tim and Jill and everybody then are trying to get into their – Halloween costumes at the award show because then yeah. they're going to lose and then they have to go on stage and them. So, like, I mean, that that is at least a notable episode that involves Halloween content. But you're right; it doesn't come close to what they've done in the previous years. I mean, it, it, that that's Halloween adjacent. I wouldn't put that on like a you know best sitcom Halloween episodes compilation. I, what and, and wait, so best sitcom Halloween episodes compilation? Explain explain this to me, Landon. Are they advertising this on late night TV? Are they are they saying like <laughs> we've got all your favorite sitcom Halloween yeah. episodes? <laughs> you know who could forget Flying Sauces from Home Improvement? <laughs> this particular Halloween episode from Cheers, where Cliff meets a woman, but she's in a costume and he doesn't know who she is. So they have to throw another costume party to get her back. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. As the host of yes, this infomercial, I should have Roseanne heard more titles. Episodes. Yes, all the Roseannes. <laughs> the Treehouse of Horror. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely, that's what I'm proposing here. Okay, now that's what I call Halloween Episodes 56. <laughs> uh, we meet Brad's new girlfriend, uh, Angela. Oof. Uh, and Oof. Tim's, uh, and Marty loses his job. And oh, gets yes. a job at Tool Time. Yes. Um, that is a... a I hope we see more of that moving forward, the the more si- older sibling rivalry stuff. Watching Tim and Marty go at it is vastly more interesting to me than watching Tim and Al have conflict with each other. Uh, yeah. Like, I want to see more alignments of the characters that we've seen so far. Like, I want to see Tim and Al work together to tackle something rather than 
you know, uh, Tim making fun of Al for the way Al is tackling something. Yeah, because because Marty usually deserves whatever Tim throws his way, and Marty can <laughs> give as good as he gets. Al doesn't. Al is not wired the same way as Marty, so it just doesn't. It's not as satisfying to see those clashes. Exactly. Uh, we get uh, High School Confidential, the one where Randy is too smart for his classes, and that they put together the men's bedroom. Ah, yes. Uh, still, still, you know, this is one of the more disappointing uh, factors of watching this now uh, than when I was a kid. Is that as a kid, I loved the the men's bedroom stuff. Well, um, because it is childish, like it, it, like in yeah. its in it, that's the whole thing. It is designed for children to like, <laughs> uh, and not. I said the men's bedroom, but I meant the men's like blank, whatever. Fill in the blank. I liked that kind of innovativeness, and there is still something there in terms of like what the thought that they put into it. I just don't like the motivation behind it being the man's blank. You know, if it's just like the new, you know, Binford's, uh, you know. Super improved kitchen 2.0 or 6100. Yeah. Instead of it being a man's thing, um, there would just be less toxicity behind it, and I'd be able to like feel a bit better about it. Could it be the reason that you liked it as a kid is because every man's blank usually involves a toilet in an unexpected place because every man wants the freedom to just take a shit whenever he's doing anything else? Like, I know the man's uh, bathroom yes. has has the TV by the toilet, but I feel like the man's kitchen, there's like a toilet in a closet or something like that. Maybe I'm just conflating <laughs> Oh, no, that was Benny. Ah, yes. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> Same difference. And like when they blow up that toilet's house, that toilet that, they're, that yep. they're constantly flushing donuts down at Harry's Hardware, that time a toilet moves uh, into their house and is singing yeah. all the time. Uh, speaking of the men's blank, uh, the vasectomy one. Tim gets a vasectomy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... That was kind of a, a memorable episode, uh, one where that, I still don't know how I feel about it, to be perfectly honest. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I my big memory is that Randy gets voted best butt, but then <laughs> discovers, it a joke, yeah. discovers it's a prank, even though all the girls watching at home are like, no, that, that we would never do that to you, Randy. <laughs> uh, tanks for the memories. Tim and Jill drive tanks. This is our syndication episode. Never aired. Uh, no, no, it did air on uh, broadcast TV, but after it broadcast on syndication. So uh, that was a big milestone for the show. Yes. Um, to be able to hit that point. <clears throat> Everybody, um, nobody has to worry about money ever again. <laughs> we don't see Mark much this uh, season, but he gets an episode of Fear of Flying. Yes. And he wants to learn flying from Wilson, which is cool. That's that's why um, we don't see him anymore after that. He flies away. <laughs> <laughs> he takes Randy with him too, uh, at least in the last two episodes. Flies um, him off to school. When Harry kept Dolores, I love. Well, we'll get to the my feelings on the characters uh, later, but uh, this was not a episode I particularly cared for. No, no. I mean, I think structurally that was an episode that is ostensibly about Harry and Dolores that really doesn't feature them at all. <laughs> Uh, Eye on Tim. This felt like a season two episode, maybe because in season two there was a similar type of storyline where uh, the reporter tries to hit on Tim. Yeah, yeah. This woman who just finds Tim irresistible inexplicably. (laughs) Um, The Bud Bowl comes back where they're going to go bowling with Bud and his wife. Tim asks Jill to to throw the game. I like – see, now this is where I – while it didn't quite pay off in the satisfactory way that I wanted it to, I like the idea that Tim has to all of a sudden weigh, um, you know, his career 
and realizing that he has to kato a little bit to other people. He has to consider other people's feelings for the first and perhaps only time in his life, yes. Yeah. Uh, then perhaps the biggest turning point of the series happens in episode 21. Brad gets a haircut. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> the thing that I so desperately want. <laughs> so here's a question to you. If you could get a haircut right the second, but you the only haircut you could get was Brad's haircut, would you get it? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> as we've been talking, and I'm sitting here in my in my rather toasty room, I keep, to just get the slightest amount of relief, reaching my hand around the back of my head and lifting up the thick, dense mullet that has grown down <laughs> over my neck, just to feel just to feel the the hot, muggy, soupy air of my of my home office against the back of my neck is a relief. And so I know that Brad's hair is very short around the sides, which means I could feel air on my ears and my neck which I so badly yeah. want. Uh, you wouldn't put it... I mean, you could theoretically put it into a ponytail like he has right now I, and I, uh, free some of your neck. I've been tr- I've been trying. I've really been... like, my, <laughs> And my girlfriend and I have been speculating about when we're going to be at that point that she can start doing some hairdressing stuff on me. But there's not... There, there's still not quite enough. I've just been in that shitty nether realm of long but not long enough for a ponytail for about two months now. Let uh, me ask you this. Yeah. Uh... Not to dwell on such a, a uh, uh, sore topic, but if oh god, I, you know I, even, I barely want to say this, but if you knew right now that you weren't you were going to be in the same situation in terms of being on lockdown for another six months, Oof. if that was a guarantee, yeah, would you shave your head right now? I don't. I honestly, I don't know, dude. Because I think, I think, <laughs> however bad I look with my hair super long, I think I would look even worse without any hair. And I yeah, but no one's seeing you. Yeah, I know, but like, I'm I'm not convinced that I'm not convinced that my girlfriend wouldn't see me with no hair and leave me, <laughs> and then I have a lot of rent to cover on my own. Also, I love her, and that would be upsetting. So I, I yeah, I think I, I can't take any risks with that. It's it's unpleasant. Okay. It's, it's unpleasant. I'm unpleasant enough company as is right now. I don't need to take away the one good thing I have going for me. See, this is what I forget when I haven't uh, haven't been in a relationship in a while that you have to consider other people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. It, this is a thing that Tim often forgets as well, and he is oh, in a man. relationship. <laughs> uh, the other thing from that episode, which I, I just want to mention because I find it um, really uh, applaudable that it's a, a storyline that they continue through another point in the season, is Randy auditioning for Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, him having, um, uh, yeah, him not only being the theater kid, but then having that actually blow up in his face a few episodes later. Yeah, yeah, but he gets he gets cast as Romeo, and um, unfortunately, that gets put on halt for a second when he thinks he has cancer in the yes. next episode. Yes, that's unfortunate. Uh, that and so this is like the the fabled episode when people talk about home improvement. This is the episode they reference. I mean, they unfortunately they make a joke of it uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's oh, a, really? a moment when. Um, uh, Michael McKeon is a guest star, and he's talking about all the uh, um, past uh, TV shows and, and just credits he did. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did a uh, an episode of – I did the cancer episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I always found that funny in, in, Home, or in, in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Clearly he's not in the episode, but um, yeah, to- that is like – that's the, the reference point for Home Improvement. <laughs> Well, they need uh, they need more home improvement actors to show up on Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's really what would take that show, you know, because Larry David needs to be taking pointers from us. But that would really take the show to the next level. 
<laughs> Mr. Wilson's opus. Wilson directs uh, Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And Tim builds the sets. The all-aluminum uh, set, yeah. Yep. Uh, that was kind of a different type of episode uh, I kind of liked. Yeah, I, yeah enjoyable. Um, yeah. We get to shopping around. Mr. Leonard cheats on Tim's mom. Um, shame. Shame. Alarmed by burglars, uh, we just get another kind of big install episode. Yep. And finally, uh, an Al-centric episode where he uh, tries to sell and market the Tool Time board game. Ah, who could forget? Who could forget the old Tool Time board game? That is season five, friends. That's it. That's it. It's the whole thing. We did it. We covered it. Uh, anyway, you've been a guess, great audience. Uh, you know, with that reminder, I guess it, it would make logical sense to go into our favorites from there. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think that's great. Uh, like, are you asking me what do I think of your idea to go into our favorites, or what do I think I of my favorite episode from the season? No, I'm asking you what do you think about going into favorites now? I, I think we should go into favorites now. So let's do it. <laughs> Man, how do our episodes get so long, Landon? I, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, look, Landon, why don't you tell me first, what was your favorite episode of, of from, well, that, from we... that swirling, roiling mass of home improvement humanity? What is your favorite episode? <laughs> well, I want to, not to to undermine your amazing intro to that. Uh, Whenever I, I want to say do swirling kind of... and roiling, I, I love to use it. <laughs> Well, let's have you let's put a pin in that and have you say it again. I want to do kind of Oscar style stuff where we build up to our favorite episode uh by first talking about our favorite moments in the series. Ah, yes, of course. Well, in the season, in the season. No, sorry. no, no, yeah. I, I understood what you meant. I understood what you meant. And that's good cuz I actually have multiple candidates for that one. I have an honorable mention and I do have a favorite moment as well. So, uh let's start with that. All right. Well, perfect. Well, you well then you go first. Tell me tell me Landon from the from the uh surging and roiling flotsam <laughs> and jetsam of this episode of Home Improvement, the season of Home Improvement, shall I say, what were yeah. what was your favorite moment? Or uh, moments? I mean, start with start with my honorable mention, which is um the look. Now, I know that this is uh, kind of controversial, and it, it had a lot of emotions for me tied up into it, yeah. but the reason I'm choosing it as my honorable mention is for two specific reasons. Their names are Shirley Prestia and Richard Karn. <laughs> <laughs> the moment she gives the look and the fact that Al has never seen the look before, <laughs> she gives the look so – I mean, she epitomizes what this concept is, and yeah. Al's – uh, and Richard Carnes' performance of Al in the moment is so naively terrified. Yes. It's a pitch perfect. And it's one of the few moments where I feel like they they know and orchestrated a moment to hold for laughter. They yes. knew they had a gem on their hand. Um, so I really, really commend everything for building up to that moment. And, the rest and, of the episode is here and there. but And, well, and also, I mean, you, you got to celebrate the fact that it is a big laugh that comes really without any dialogue. It's just yes. one actor using her face expertly and then another actor doing kind of a full-body reaction to it. It's <laughs> Does that count as slapstick? I mean, I guess it does. It, it's Yeah, it, it's... I think so. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're going to... You know, you put, like, Peter Sellers or other people who... And, you know, hell, Chaplin is the king of slapstick yeah and you know he he would most of his laughs would be him just kind of mugging to the camera or like looking straight at the camera you know expressionless i know that buster keaton is a great stone face but yeah check out chaplin stuff as well um so yeah i agree i think it's just it's a moment where everything fires on on full cylinders however it's not my favorite moment okay my favorite moment from this season comes uh from shopping around 
Uh-huh. Episode 24. Yes. Yes. And it was back to it, all, it was, all of the good things. Can, yeah. can I guess, is it, is it Tim wearing the helmet and the glasses it's, doing the laugh-in thing? It's that, that outtake. Flashback to sitting on the floor playing with my Karate Kid uh, wrestling rink was just too much to pass up. The, the, the tears well up in your eyes and you're, you're back home in Ypsilanti. <laughs> Uh, it's a soft Y, thank you very uh, much. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I fucked up my Michigan facts. <laughs> uh, it's the the waiter um, mm-hmm. in shopping around. Now, now this isn't exactly a moment. Um, it's kind of a series of moments, and you know they they return to it you know later in the episode. But it was just something that I went through a whole experience with it because I, the second they introduced it, I was just like, oh god, not this bullshit trope again and then it within like two lines completely subverted what i expected and then it just got funnier every single time the waiter came back on screen yeah 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 it's it's really an example of a of a character actor kind of just running with his bit but then also like it's not just that they cast it very well but they wrote it in a way that was unexpected and then kept building on it yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was just, again, uh, to kind of touch on the stuff of the look, a great uh, amalgamation of the actor, the character actor playing the waiter in that, um, that you know, taking the words written on the page and just everything just working exactly perfectly. Yeah, yeah, everything. And that was the episode that was written by a Frasier guy, wasn't it? Or someone who had written a Frasier episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it was. Well, there you go. I mean... I can double-check if you I, want. No, nah, I mean, that's cool. I mean, I'd, I'd rather not be proven <laughs> wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, well, come on, man. That one was written by Rosalind Moore and Howard J. Moore. Well, well my, now my now my salads are all tossed, Landon. I didn't like this at all. <laughs> Sorry I scrambled your eggs. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. You've done it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the tables here. Yes. Well, I've got uh, I've got two options. Oh, that's that's it. That that. Okay. Wow. Just turned around. That's good. I landed. I want to tell you, I was on a Zoom call the other day with a bunch of my girlfriend's family, and there was at one point uh-huh. someone had two computers in the same room, and so there was like an echoing feedback sound that sounded oh, exactly no, like it. that. And I, <laughs> I honestly thought for a second, hearing that, like, wait, has Landon got multiple speakers going or something? Are we in a feedback loop? Do we have to stop the podcast? Is this is this the song that ends the earth? And then I realized, no, it was just sound effects for the bit. So, um, <laughs> so that was my favorite moment from this season was right well, now. Well, I'm glad I, I know that because now I can sabotage any Zoom call I'm on uh, <laughs> at work that I don't want to actually take. This is the equivalent of the uh, of the guy in the Police Academy movies who can make uh, helicopter sounds. <laughs> You're the guy who can make Zoom call feedback noises. It's a, it's oh, a new, it's a new sound effect for the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, table is turned already. Sir, what is your favorite moment or honorable mention of the season? Okay, so I have an honorable mention favorite moment. Uh, actually, okay. there's two of them, but they come from the same episode. Uh, so Ooh. in Chicago Hope... Wait, wait, wait. Chicago Hope. Okay. 
Uh, I'm not gonna know. Okay, okay good. So I was gonna try to guess, but I want. I, I'm not going to. No. Okay. Well, thank you. You can you can still take a crack if you want. I mean, it's fun. I don't have that good a memory for <laughs> for plot and scripts and and moments ah. as you uh, has been proven many times on this show. Yes, I'm also good at movie <laughs> taglines, as we discovered on a night's episode. Um, now, if you want to talk about the set direction, I can tell you everything you need to know uh, about every single set used for that. Landon, if we have to, if there's a list of favorite calendars this season, I'm quitting the goddamn <laughs> podcast, and you can do this solo um okay so chicago hope two moments yes. from this episode that i thought were great one of them okay. is them in the karaoke bar trying to have a serious conversation when three japanese dudes start loudly singing sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band <laughs> uh a- absurd yes yep, hilarious yep. yes maybe a little bit racially not okay possibly yeah but i'm gonna possibly. i'm willing to overlook it um that's very heroic of me a white guy to overlook racism no history <laughs> of doing that here um but you know i i thought that was you know just a ridiculous funny slice of life moment and yeah and also just so much respect for the the licensing fees involved with that <laughs> that gag um and then the then also from that that same episode, probably ten or fifteen minutes later, the end of the episode. So kind of a running gag in that episode is that Tim and Jill have not had sex in some time because Tim has been mm-hmm. so busy with work, and Jill has read something oh, in a magazine. Your favorite moment is them singing "I Got You, Babe." Yes, of course. Yeah, obviously. I love <laughs> I love two people who are not professional singers very awkwardly singing and and unable to contain their their breaking. <laughs> Uh, but they, you know, throughout the episode, it's that they haven't had sex and that Jill has read in some magazine that there are, you know, X percentage of couples have sex five <laughs> right. nights a week. And they're so intimidated <laughs> right. by this statistic. At the end of the episode, you know, they've been trying to, you know, Tim and Bud have been trying to land this new client, not client, but like a broadcaster who's going to air, yeah. yeah, air, uh, 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 I was going to say grunt work, but home improvement. No, home improvement oh, God, is the I show. Hope so. Tool time in Chicago. And at the end of the episode, finally everything has come out that, you know, the, the, this affiliate guy learns that, oh, Tim was trying to have a romantic weekend with his wife and they haven't had sex in a long time. Doesn't seem like the sort of thing you'd want to tell a business connection. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. but you know, how. Regardless of how many times, you probably just don't want to talk about how many about having sex with your wife while you're or or having sex with uh, or having sex with anyone for that matter. It doesn't matter if it's your wife or not. Just don't talk about. You don't need to talk about sex with business connections unless your business is prostitution. In which case, yes, you probably should. That's important to get that stuff (laughs) out there. But uh, sex work. That's that's the real grunt work nights. Let me tell you. But they they're talking to the affiliate guy and he, you know, finds out about Tim's situation and says, oh, my wife and I, uh, you know, we make time for each other five nights a week. And Tim and Jill look at each other. And then Tim just looks at the guy and says, we've read about you. <laughs> and I just uh, I, I cracked up laughing at it. Then I when reviewing the episodes and picking out my favorites, I remembered that. And I cracked up again, thinking about it again. <laughs> It's a, it's, and you know, I find it, uh, it's got to be a testament to the writing, the fact that you have chosen a Tim moment uh, for your number one moment of the season. It's a testament, yeah, to, to season five. Be like, there are moments where Tim is genuinely the funniest part of a scene, which I don't think was always the case before. It was seldom, mm-hmm. if ever, the case before. But now they've finally landed on a way to make Tim earnest and hapless and still dumb. And that that it that works. So. Yeah. So that was my runner-up, but then my all-time fa- Have you done your all-time favorite? Yeah. Okay, Mine okay. Mine was The Waiter. The Waiter, of course, yes. We talked about that. I'm sorry, Landon. I was thinking about my thing when you were talking. It's it's my... <laughs> you, were th- it, 
It's my t- it's what I do in every conversation. Um, it's all right. Whenever I turn the table, it tends to jog people's memory I, or uh, uh, make them lose their memory. Yeah. Well, when I felt when I fell into the audio feedback hole, it really did. It was like <laughs> it was like putting a paper clip into a small hole behind my ear that reset me to factory settings. Um, I know, which you can't normally see because your hair. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Well, especially not now. Um, so, but my favorite moment was from uh, Flight Before Christmas, the Christmas episode mm-hmm. where Tim and Al are are uh, marooned in a small Michigan airport. And where there's Tom Poston, the uh, clerk, who is the desk clerk who has multiple, you know, he is the, he's not only the information desk guy, he's also the car rental guy, he is also the tourism office guy, and he keeps putting (laughs) different, uh, different name placards down on the, on the uh, desk to, and every time to just deadpan try and fleece (laughs) Tim and Al into a very expensive room or a very expensive rental car or like snowmobile or something. And what yes. what I liked about this is that the character that he's playing is again very deadpan, very just kind of flat affectation, saying hilarious stuff, and that's so out of the ordinary on a show like Home Improvement that is at a lot of times basically a cartoon, um, and not a cartoon <laughs> like King of the Hill that is a very deadpan, flat affectation show. But um, so I, I don't know. I, I I thought it was both very funny, very well performed, and also completely out of the ordinary. And uh, it yeah. it gave me it gave a me well, a welcome surprise. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was not what I was expecting. It was it it was a fly ball out of left field that conked me on the head. <laughs> well, I don't know how we ended up in major league, but uh, I, <laughs> I I don't I don't know either. The warmer it gets in my room, the sweatier the back of my neck gets under my mullet. The weirder the things that come out of my mouth get. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's a, a fantastic moment, and I th- definitely would agree that, um, yeah, that that's really high up there. Uh, if you know, you know how there's the precious moments figurines. If I could make fantastic <laughs> moments figurines, it would be it would be a big eyed cherubic Tim and Al standing at a desk with uh, an airport clerk who is also cherubic with huge eyes being mean to them, and I would put that figurine on my mantelpiece next to pictures of my grandkids. I want to see how you make something cherubic look evil. Uh, horns, I think, is how I do it. <laughs> Fair, okay. Um, well, then uh, I think that that feels like a great uh, moment to transition into talking about our favorite guest stars this season. Yes, I think so too. I hope yours wasn't Tom Poston because I have kind of stolen your thunder there. <laughs> <laughs> uh let i'm gonna do just a quick rundown of some of the most memorable ones from the season uh and i gave the criteria to who we you know quote unquote nominated um as people that either had like a big laugh or were pivotal to the plot sure so there's gonna be a lot of people here that i just didn't include uh but uh let's start run, uh, running down real quick um we got Bonnie Hellman in the first episode as one of Jill's cousins, mm-hmm. uh, who I personally love from uh, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Yes, um, maybe the only reason I put her on this list. <laughs> Great, uh, Mary Angela Pino as uh, Mary uh, or Marie. I'm sorry, yes, uh, Marie, who disappeared. Yeah, I know she enters the witness protection program. <laughs> her and her and Joe broke up, and I am starting to wonder if maybe she went after her and killed him, and then went on the run. Uh, you know, Landon, <laughs> it's possible that that a woman can have trouble with her husband and then just like go build a new life that's not dedicated to murdering him. Like she could have just moved on. Maybe she well, went out true. to San Francisco yes. and like became yeah. a, a cable car operator. 
I'm just saying, whatever empowers her, I support it. Maybe she's an executive um, at Zatarans now. I don't know. <laughs> she used to be so close to the meat world, now she's in the rice world. We have a very quick uh, appearance by Tootie Roche as Carrie, Jill's sister, uh, during the birthday episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, also during that, Tracy Letts as Henry, uh, the kind of wackadoo guy who has Jill's old piano. Oh, right, yes. Um, Mark L. Taylor, and uh, who's returning, and Nancy Youngblood, who is uh, the first time appearance as Bert and Dana Russell, uh, the parents of um, Beth Russell, mm-hmm. the JTT's crush, who uh, Jill gives um, bad marriage advice to. Yeah, yeah, nearly breaks him up, yes. Yep. Uh, Gerard Paul as Jason. Mm, who could forget? Who could forget? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Senator Jason. Yeah, thank you, sir. <laughs> Respect his rank. He earned those votes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, Angela Patton as uh, Irma from Cooking with Irma. Mm-hmm. She appeared uh, during Let Them Eat Cake, uh, the award show. Uh, Troy Evans as Mike McEwen, the investor or affiliate from Chicago, mm-hmm. who we just talked about. Tom Poston as the clerk in the Christmas episode. Yep. Kristen Clayton we see for the, thir- for the first time this season as Angela, Brad's talkative girlfriend. Ah, yes, yes. Million miles a minute, Valley Girl, yeah. <laughs> Miguel Sandoval as Mr. S- uh, Jennings, JTT's uh, science teacher, who he's, tells them that they uh, have a savant on their hands. Yes, his JTT JT teacher, yes. <laughs> Gretchen German as June Palmer, uh, the unexpectedly recurring character that I can't quite put a pin on as to what she does on tool time but she makes appearances there yep she does that that she does <laughs> caroline mcwilliams dr kaplan uh the snip snip cut cut vasectomy doctor <laughs> chop chop yes <laughs> pat crawford uh or, i'm sorry pat crawford brown as mrs kluwiski uh jill's piano teacher mm-hmm. the one uh the hard-nosed piano teacher um, Rosalind Allen as Kelly Barnes, the woman who hits on Tim, the reporter who hits on Tim. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Renna and, uh, as Todd and Laura Bell Bundy as Sharon, um, JTT's castmates in Romeo and Juliet. Yes. I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, so apologies. Vasily Bogazianos. I think that's, that's as... Bogazianos. <laughs> Again, it's Greek, not Italian. Hey! <laughs> Hey, a, he's a real paisan regardless. <laughs> Granted, he's a German playing an Italian here, or a German, a Greek playing an Italian here, Yeah, uh, who's playing Antonio the Waiter, and James Hong, infamous character actor, the reason that the the term exists as Dave, the fortune cookie uh, owner, Yeah, no, I feel, uh, business owner. I feel like that, that James Hong should get some kind of lifetime achievement award from Grunt Work, just for, like, the, the like, he towers above all other character actors, and the fact that they just put him in one scene of, of one episode of Home Improvement is nuts to me. <laughs> I sometimes wonder if James Hong gets different TV uh, gigs to like just like stand up comics would do like oh i've got a, i've got a 10 minute set at the comedy store and then uh, i got to run across town to the uh <laughs> to to meltdown to do another uh 20 minute uh set there like if he, is he doing different tv shows in one day <laughs> i i think i think he was just yeah i think he was just on home improvement cuz he was trying out some new material before he goes on tour <laughs> i get, all right listen to this i got this character named dave yeah <laughs> All right, so uh, all right, what else have I got here? Uh, yeah, uh, the fortune cookies are bad. They're actually all say nasty things. <laughs> Try another one. Oh, it's also bad. Anybody? Yeah, you like that? All right, all right, cool. Thanks a lot, guys. 
Take care of your waitresses now. I'm James Hong. <laughs> so that's the nomination list. Um, sir, I went first last time, so I'm going to turn it to you. Yes. Who uh, Do you have any runners-up? Let's start with that. Uh, I have a runner-up, which is Tom Poston as the clerk, for reasons I Ooh, previously that's... stated. Okay. Uh, I, I would have... Now, for me, if I had to guess yours, it was a toss-up between Tom Poston and who I think you're going to pick as your number one. Yep, you're probably right, because my number one is Gerard Paul as Senator Jason. (laughs) Yep, that's exactly what I thought. And for many of the same reasons as Tom Poston, Gerard Paul uh, as Senator Jason is so different from a lot of the other characters we get on the show. He's a character who is sort of immune to Tim's bullshit, and one of the few characters who kind of always wins when he goes up against Tim. I mean... Even I, when he loses. Yes. Somehow. Yeah, even when he loses, he still gets a laugh. Like, Tim never gets the laugh up against Senator Jason. It's always... <laughs> he is always out-fleecing and out-foxing and just generally outsmarting Tim, and Tim never learns from it. And I find that... I find that funny, and I just find Gerard Paul's very smarmy performance kind of, kind of <laughs> endearing as well. Uh, I believe we have more to see of him in the future, so let's hope that that keeps up and doesn't wear off. I I hope we have more to see of him in the White House, because I think he could handle this virus pretty well. (laughs) Can't do any worse. He'd be like, hey, Um, hey dude, wear a mask. You can take it off when you drink some beers. (laughs) But then put it back on afterwards. I'm I'm selling masks for $40 a piece. I mean $20. How much you got on you? Great. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, see, uh, Senator Senator slash President Jason would uh, like he, you know, he's not going to he's not going to price gouge you if he if he knows that you can only afford so much. He'll only price gouge you to the amount that you can afford. He's not going to like force <laughs> you to go out and take out a loan to get a mask. He'll just he'll just take whatever you've got on hand. He's a better <laughs> kind of crook. <laughs> uh, uh, I hate that we're in a position that that might be the truth. Yes. Um, well, you know, <laughs> I I fully support your. What's that? I was just saying dystopia in reference to dystopia. the world we live in. Uh, Landon, yep. uh, thank you for supporting my choice. What is what is your choice? Do you have a runner-up? Who is your favorite oh. guest star? So, yeah, my runner-up, I think, is... Um, well, so I chose as my favorite moment the waiter, which is... Uh, I was debating choosing him as my favorite, uh, but I opted to choose that as my favorite moment rather than my favorite character actor. Or, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guest star. Uh, so Vasily Bogazianos uh, is a runner-up for me for reasons previously stated. Um, Tom Poston is also on my runner-up list, just, again, for the reasons you stated. Uh, his deadpan delivery uh, is just so spot-on. I mean, it's a, you could tell that he's an experienced um, character actor with this exact type of character yeah uh it's not something he's just trying on i mean he lives in this humor yeah i almost feel like he has like comedy albums in this character from 1964 like he's kind of like the cousin of bob newhart (laughs) yeah i definitely got newhart vibes off of him yeah yeah uh well i guess that makes sense because he was on newhart oh well there Uh, you go (laughs) maybe that's the connection it rubs off on him like he absorbs the flavor of bob newhart it's like you know it's like mushrooms. They just soak up everything. <laughs> um, but uh, my choice is a little unconventional for this season. Um, I'm going to go with... Tr- I, yeah. I was just thinking that your choice is going to be like unconventional. You're going to pick Tim Allen, who wasn't a guest star. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Brad's haircut. Uh, <laughs> it takes on its own personality. Uh, no, I'm going to go with uh, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, playwright, Mr. Tracy Letts. 
I, you know what? Not a bad choice because he was very funny. I, what I th- why I chose him is that it was much for the same reasons you you described for uh, uh, Gerard Paul and Tom Poston, um, but for a vastly different execution. Is that it was a character that you would not expect to see on this show. Yeah, uh, and it was played in a way that was you know also very unexpected. Um, Tracy Letts. Uh, is what I'm finding to be a phenomenal actor. So we saw this episode before I saw uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Ah, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, which Your life can be a... neatly divided into before ver- Ford versus Ferrari and after Ford versus Ferrari, as indeed all of our lives are. <laughs> um, but he... Uh, um, so, yeah, he was in um, Lady Bird, and he was uh, in... A number of these uh, movies, he was uh, briefly in, um, god dang, what was it called? Uh, uh, Little Women. Yeah. As the the publisher. And then I saw him in Ford v. Ferrari where he uh, was playing uh, Henry Ford Jr. Yeah. Henry Ford II. And to to see the range on this guy and the, the fact that he's still working and knowing that he has such a deep and kind of... Um, elitist no that's not the word i want like heightened uh uh respected history yeah is, rarefied like, he, air he, rarefied air thank you you're you're much better with the flowery language than i am well thank um, you i have one talent <laughs> you're my favorite flowery language uh co-host oh <laughs> truman the flowery language man caps <laughs> uh so the fact that he wrote August Osage County and then starred as this incredibly weird, somewhat creepy, maybe a little dangerous uh, artist that has converted Jill's piano into a aquarium slash art piece yeah, uh, was just so unexpected. And I think he played it so well um, that I, it just it was a, a character that didn't leave my memory from uh, when we saw the episode until – you know, now he he really did like I I feel like he took on this role on Home Improvement as like a, a challenge or a unique project. Like how can I how can I make the maximum impression with this with yeah. this tiny role in this uh, in this doofy sitcom? Or how can I pay the bills between one play and the next play? No 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 way it could have been that actors and and writers are well compensated in in this society. Uh, are you are you saying that Little Women and Lady Bird and Home Improvement are spoken in the same breath? I, I would I would say so. Yes, I mean God, those Lady Bird bucks are probably still flowing in for Greta Gerwig and the gang. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that that's my choice, and I'm sticking to it. Good. I won't I won't try to unstick you from it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, so uh, let's move into um. Actually, before we go into the – we have a whole new category this season, but I'll explain that in a second. Uh, we have a very simple one to do, which is favorite cameo. <laughs> yes. And we only had two this season. Yep. Uh, which yeah. is uh, uncharacteristic of Home Improvement. They usually like to flaunt their uh, their connections. Yeah. No, uh, this. Yeah? No, no, no. That, that's it. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, they do. Oh. This is uh, – I have to assume what was during uh, Sweep's week or weeks because it's episode 17 and 18 mm-hmm. are the only two episodes that have cameos. Yep. Uh, in episode 17, we get the crew of the Columbia spaceship, um, which I'm I'm putting all into to one cameo, uh, even though they are 
all individual heroes. Yes. Individual and heroes. <laughs> individually wrapped heroes. <laughs> then in uh, episode 18, we get uh, Alan Jackson singing about uh, his Mercury. Yes. Now, interestingly enough, Mercury is a planet that astronauts have never traveled to. Oh, but it wow. still sort of halfway connects. It's very warm in my office right now. <laughs> I'm I'm getting keep fanning your hair. Keep I'm, fanning your hair. I I I'm trying to. I'm getting to the point of uh, of Tracy Letts, uh, like when he's been shellacking and has inhaled so many fumes that he's gone crazy. <laughs> when you start thinking about turning your computer into an aquarium, uh, just give me the signal. Well, I have a screensaver that could do that, but you know, I feel like the real thing would be so much better. You know, <laughs> uh, sir, what's your easy choice this uh, this? category uh obviously the crew of the columbia because a <laughs> astronauts are cool and b i don't like country music so yeah no no duh what's yours uh, likewise but i do like country music certain kinds of country music i don't like pop country music but regardless uh i don't know how i feel about alan jackson but i definitely like space more than i liked his appearance here so, <laughs> well, for okay. that i i'm going with the columbia space group what, talk about comparing apples and oranges like comparing space a <laughs> endless um um i mean environment i suppose which contains the entirety of the known universe uh, and alan jackson's appearance on the tv series home improvement <laughs> a very specific thing like the most general thing you could choose and one of the most specific things you could choose and you have to weigh them against one another objectively that's just me man i like possibilities i like potential i'm going with space every time so do you prefer spaghetti squash or the concept of envy like just which one you know which of those is better uh, that one I'm going to go with spaghetti squash because there are quite a lot of few, quite a lot of things you could do with spaghetti squash uh, that you might not expect. Yeah, but I feel like envy also like drives people to do a lot of strange and unbelievable things that a spaghetti squash would not necessarily. Like you know, I mean, I feel like people True. people it, commit hot blooded crimes of passion due to envy that they would not do because they wanted some <laughs> spaghetti squash. Uh, sir, you have not quite understood my love of spaghetti squash. I, I guess, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. You know, you're right. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm judging. Uh, maybe I'm elevating envy a little too much. <laughs> uh, okay, so congratulations, the Columbia spaceship crew. You win this double favorite cameo, and and that's uh, why that's why they became astronauts. <laughs> it's for the glory and the accolades from from Home Improvement <laughs> podcast hosts. <laughs> Uh, let's move into our new category this season. So, um, in season four, we were introduced to a new kind of sect of characters. They aren't guest stars. They're recurring characters, but they aren't featured characters. Or, uh, yeah, featured actors, featured characters. So, uh, we're doing a new category called Favorite Supporting Cast. Ta-da! <laughs> we can still spice things up, guys. Even a few years into the podcast, we can still add a little dash of cayenne pepper to the scrambled eggs to really get you get you on your toes. Bam! Pow. Um <laughs> Did Emil em, 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 Emil or Emerald? Emerald. Well, I mean, did you say that, pow. Well, I said pow. You said bam, which yeah. I agree was an Emerald thing, and then I said pow because I guess it was just automatically going for a Batman in the '60s thing. Hey, I'm down for that. Yeah. Um. So, let's go through the list here. We have Blake Clark as Harry, the hardware store owner. Yes. Jimmy Labro, uh, Labroli... God almighty, my tongue Labriola. is... Labriola? Thank you. Blah, 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 blah. As Benny. Yes. 
William O'Leary as Marty. Marty. Uh, <laughs> Shelley Prestia as Dolores. Dolores. Charles Robinson as Bud. Bud. Dick O'Neill as Art Leonard. And, uh, oh, two more. Bonnie Bartlett as Lucille Taylor, Tim's mom. Lucille. Sherry, uh, <laughs> Sherry Hersey as Eileen, Al's girlfriend. Come on. Um, short list here. Uh, so, um, Landon. Let's go through our favorite supporting cast. Why don't you go first, Landon? Because I went first last time. Who is your okay. uh, from the, from that roiling and and tossing and turning and tumbling flotsam and jetsam of supporting <laughs> cast members on the TV series Home Improvement? Who yeah. is your favorite? Well, instead of turning the table, let's just switch seats. That was a lot of heavy work to do last time. So yeah, I'm just going to stand up and move to your side of the table. You move to my side of the table. Okay, okay, let's do that. Clump, 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 clump. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Foley work. Oh, it's so uh. good. Okay, so I have a runner-up, actually. All right. Oh, very nice, very nice. Uh, my honorable mention is William O'Leary as Marty. Marty! Um, just because, I, while I can't quite point to any specific reason, I do think he elevates whatever scene he's in or whatever storyline he's in. Like, it's I enjoy seeing him on air, just inserted into the, the, the show. Sure. Um, you know, so like, I, while I can't quite point to a specific moment of his, or like, you know, I think he's a, a fine and capable actor. Uh, he's never quite like ripped my stitches open on the sides <laughs> of my body where I keep all my laughs. Jesus, but, uh... <laughs> that's not a good place to keep them, Landon. You, you gotta get better storage. <laughs> uh, we're doing what we can right now. Um, I, I don't know. I just I really like him, and I I'm excited to continue to see him. I hope that he you know has bigger moments uh, in the upcoming seasons. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know, Marty. Marty I really liked. Okay. And your number but one, my number one. Uh, well, let me ask you. Can you guess who my number one is? Um, I would guess it's going to be Shirley Prestia. Ding 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 ding. ding. Oh, perfect. Well done. <laughs> uh. Her, well, first of all, her first appearance in the first Temptation of Tim as uh, while she's working as the waitress before we even know that she's Harry's wife was so freaking funny to me. Yes, I, her comic timing, she just had the character down pat uh, the second she stepped into it, um, and she continued to throughout the rest of the the season in a in a role that seems so thankless, so stereotypical to the motives of you know an agenda of you know uh i guess just general malehood yeah um she i don't know she's just so freaking funny to me uh i i think she's a fantastic actress uh i hope we see more episodes with her that aren't so attached to the hip to Harry. Yes. I don't want to see any more of those storylines, but I want to see a lot more of her. Yeah, no, she's she is really, like, outstandingly good. Like, yes, d- d- I, again, in the That's way that I picked she, her. Well, I, okay, well, that makes sense. I thought we were picking our least favorite supporting <laughs> cast, but that makes way more sense. No, I, I would say that it's it's similar to um, similar to our favorite guest stars. It's the, the, the vibe that she brings to the show is so mm. out of the norm of what, what you normally see on Home Improvement. And it's it's a like for the same reason that you picked um, Gerard Paul, uh, I kind of think she brings that same sort of she's not going to let any of Tim's shit fly. Yes, exactly. You know, I and I think that's much needed. It's not even that, but like she's going to scare the the living shit into Tim's soul. 
Yes. Tim is Tim is not scared of her. Tim also doesn't like ever try to clown on her because he's so scared of her. <laughs> and this right. is Tim who's not afraid to in the past like openly mock his boss to his face, but he won't do that to uh, <laughs> Dolores. Oh man. Um yeah, those are my choices. So, uh now it's your turn, sir. Uh, Favorite supporting cast. Guys, uh, I apologize to our listeners because my runner-up is Shirley Prestia for all the reasons <gasps> we just discussed. I think heart is broken. I think that I, you know, and a lot of it is the look and the way, and like in that episode, <laughs> how she's able to do so much with just her eyes and the sort yes. of character that she plays and the way that she, uh, you know, I, I don't agree with the way the show treats her a lot of the time, but yeah. she still very yes. effectively holds Big her difference own. Difference there. Yeah, yeah. And little little do people know, uh, Prince actually wrote the song. You got the look after her. Oh shit! Really? That's wow. I mean, that, well, that's a fitting tribute, far more so than anything we do on this show. <laughs> uh, and then, but then, even worse, my pick for favorite supporting cast member is William O'Leary as Marty because. <laughs> Uh, again, of of reasons that we discussed earlier, I promise you guys, I'm not just, I didn't just hear Landon's and flip them because I didn't do my homework ahead of time. I actively chose these two last night. I think that, we, we kept all of our choices uh, secret from each other, too. I, I yeah. think we should have prefaced with that, but uh, we're, we're not, I, yeah, we're learning in real time what each other chose. We're not good enough actors to convey the real genuine surprise and shock that you're hearing right now on the podcast. And that's, <laughs> that's true, and there's evidence out there of me uh, if you want to go look for it as a really bad actor there is for me too but it's been nuked off the internet so oh, what i like for you about william o'leary as marty is that he is um well yeah i, I mean like, I'm, I'm trusting you for your flowery language to articulate all the reasons that i couldn't when i was talking about him i mean it's that he is a very he is very much like tim in a lot of regards but he has a very endearing quality to him a a tim robbins-esque quality i would say almost <laughs> you just okay. you just automatically like him even though in many regards he is a lot like the kind of thoughtless crappy husband who tim is he yeah. i don't know he very effectively plays the younger brother to tim he has that kind of uh, energetic younger brother energy says Truman who has no brothers yeah. or sisters and doesn't know well, what that energy is it's kind of like out of all the brothers he was the sensitive one and any of yeah. his bad traits just comes from him being raised by Tim toxic brothers yes yeah, exactly. yeah raised by the toxicest of brothers um <laughs> So yeah, I, I you know I don't know. I just every time I see the dudes at the hardware store, I kind of roll my eyes. But then I see Marty among them, and I think, you know what? Okay, I, I, I even though you're saying and doing all the same shit, somehow I just like it. Does he his his masculinity doesn't seem as toxic when he's doing like somehow the way he sells it just seems a little more lighthearted and fun and not like yeah. hostile or angry. And I know that's not really an excuse for any of it, but I, I still find his performance enjoyable. I think he makes what could be an unlikable character otherwise likable. Yeah, no, I agree. It's almost as if he would be Tim if Tim got a vasectomy. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Basically like, that. Tim just, Tim just needs to be neutered and maybe, uh, maybe things will calm down a little bit. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not opposed to that idea for a season six opener. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. So William O'Leary as Marty. Um, and I'm just now realizing, uh, a little disappointed we didn't reach out to, to Farrah, um, leading up to this episode. Oh, no. Uh, for our season, uh, Marty count. So, um, well, we should, that's we a should, bummer. We can open the next season with our previous season's Marty count. Yeah. 
Yes, we'll do that. Yes. Uh, consider, since you're doing the Marty count for grunt work, and there are a lot of Martys in this episode, I would imagine you want to count all the Martys that we're putting here so that you have a full count uh, by the time we enter next season. So we'll have that as our opening salvo in episode one of season six. Yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely putting her through her paces in this episode. We're using the word a lot, and then also there's probably going to be a few times in here where we're talking about something completely different or saying something in a different tone of voice, and you wouldn't expect Marty for us to <laughs> do something like that. And and it probably it's I can tell you it's hard to tabulate up a bunch of people saying weird shit. At, at inexplicable times. <laughs> uh, you are recreating the experience of counting grunts uh, for Farah. Yes, that 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 was the joke that I was going for, Landon. Thank you for helping me along. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, where does that all leave right. us? So that leaves us with uh, two more big things in this section. We have our People's Choice MVP and our... MVP debate where ah. you and I battle to the death choosing not our favorite but we have to one of us has to convince the other one of our choice for the MVP of the season there can only be one named and we are going to name one on this episode I, I feel like this is always anti-climax because we're not very good at arguing with each other one or the other <laughs> of us just acquiesces pretty quickly because we don't like to yeah. fight uh, but I, I'm sticking to my guns this time oh, I, okay I, I have a choice, and I have uh, some evidence that I'm going to butcher and not articulate very well, but uh, regardless, I'm going to hold out for stubbornness. I'm getting excited. Ooh, well, uh, let's just, I'm glad uh, we're doing this virtually. Yeah, well, um, trust me, but that, that, that makes two of us. <laughs> let's go into our People's Choice MVP. We yes. put this out on Twitter, a poll asking you, the listeners, uh, who your favorite performer was from season five. And we got some interesting results, Truman. Yeah, what did we get? What, we what, what did we they do say? have we have a clear winner. Okay, we it, it was it was neck and neck for a long time, and um, I think people's uh, feelings this season are really clear. Yeah, who did they who did they feel? Yeah. Okay, so running down the list uh, from least amount of votes to most amount of votes, uh, this one breaks my heart a little bit. Debbie Dunning got zero votes. Oh. But now, you can't to let, be fair, yeah, don't you know, let emotion, that's not on her. Yeah. That's not, she wasn't given much to do this season, so yeah. shame. Um, but then we have a tie for the next position. Zachary okay. Ty Bryan and Tara Noah Smith, both with two votes each. Ooh. Now, here's the first big surprise of this poll. You would expect this... Uh, as he was our season four People's Choice MVP, and I believe our uh, Gruntwork MVP as well, JTT comes in at uh, with only six votes, right smack in the middle of our cast here. That's very interesting. I mean, I guess that there was less of him in this season, but he still had some real highlight moments. I mean, he had the highlight moment, I would say, with uh, with The Longest Day, the cancer episode. Yeah, but in terms of most valuable player, it's like... That episode wasn't a particularly great episode that needed to be yeah. there. It wasn't like he was care like you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm just saying. But uh, guess what, Truman? There's another what? twist here. Oh no! Not more twists. <laughs> what is this? An episode of Columbo? <laughs> JTT had six votes, and he tied with Mr. Tim Allen. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, a little power struggle. 
someone who has historically come in at number three or number uh, two on our lists, Tim Allen has dropped in the rankings to tie with JTT and only have six votes this season. All right. All right. Okay. Wow. So that leaves uh, three more cast members. The next one with seven votes is Mr. Earl Hinman as Wilson. Wow. And uh, no big surprise. I think that this is uh, always the heated debate, the neck and neck between Richard Carn and Patricia Richardson. Do you want to venture a guess between these two? And I'll tell you, it's only a two-vote difference, and the last vote uh, came in at the last minute. Ooh, that's, that's exciting. And was it your vote? No, I can't vote on our our own polls. Okay, I hired I hired Russian bots to to vote <laughs> on these. I hope that doesn't that didn't fuck up our numbers. Uh, I'm gonna say that people went with with Al because because just like on on the show Home Improvement, everybody loves Al. Every, that is a show that I would watch. Yes. By the way, um, Richard Carn has ten votes and comes in at number two, just behind Patricia Richardson, who is the People's Choice MVP of Season 5 with 12 votes. Damn, we stan our new queen MVP. That's, I mean, <laughs> not the answer I was expecting, but I'm, I'll take it. I love it. She uh, has graduated from the High Priestess of Pop to the High Priestess of People's Choice MVP of Season 5. <laughs> I mean, she, now she's like the now she's like the Lady Pope of season five. She's no longer a high priestess. She's she's speaking directly for God. How has Lady Pope never been a TV show? Uh, isn't that is that Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder, where Olivia Pope is the main character? I feel like that's the closest to Lady Pope that we've got. <laughs> uh, so that was quite an upset. I, I was yeah. very shocked at the. Um, the maneuvering uh, this season from past uh, past polls, uh, the the drop of JTT really surprised me. <laughs> the fall really. of the house of JTT, <laughs> especially because this season, not only in terms of home improvement, but in grunt work, we've dedicated JTT Junction to Mister JTT uh, this entire season. So he has dropped. Do you think that's indicative of people's uh, opinion? Of us reading from totally JTT, the unauthorized biography of Jonathan Taylor Thomas by Michael Ann Johns. I, I think a people know the name of the book and they're not following along. B I I definitely think that the the more that they, as my mother always said, familiarity breeds contempt. And I think that the more they learn about Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the less enamored of him they are. Even mm, even we're tearing down the mystique. Even the ladies who were ten to twelve years old in the nineties and had their first crushes on him, I think, are less into him. Than more they find out as we peel back the layer and learn that he reads the newspaper classified sections in the car on the way to work (laughs) it does kind of paint a richie rich picture doesn't it (laughs) yeah a little bit a little bit except that richie rich wouldn't be from a pennsylvania steel town with a population of seventy four (laughs) thousand people first established in 1924 where the dominant (laughs) industries are mining health care and uh and tourism Oh, interesting. See, that's a, that's a folks for those of you who just started listening. That's a goof on how the JTT book that we're reading right now, <laughs> several months ago when we first started, went into an inordinate amount of detail about JTT's hometown. And I kind of thought it'd be funny if I did a callback to that. And I thought it'd be even funnier if I then explained it because I thought for a second people might think I was just going into a weird amount of detail about a town I made up. So anyway. Well, again, people could be tuning in on this episode. So um, and, I and, will and verify. Those pe- and those people will be tuning joke. out right now. 
But yes, thank you for verifying. Yeah, yeah they, they waited an hour and a half into this episode and then tuned out. You know, you got to give your podcast 90 minutes. You have to listen to a podcast for the length of time you could have spent watching the film Rushmore, a overall much better usage of your time, uh, to see if it's going to be good or not. Uh, do what I do and listen to it at... at Double speed, no. and then this episode's only 45 minutes long. You know, listen, and I have listened to episodes of our podcast at double speed, and our pacing is definitely better, but uh, I still, I mean, I feel like I already talk too fast, so I think that only gets creepier. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, the time has come. Yeah. It is time for you and I to throw down the gloves. We're we're going to tip over this table that we've put between us and turned it a couple times. Don't make a sound effect for it. it it's going to freak me out. <laughs> We have to debate, uh, and I realize I'm at a disadvantage because you were in the debate club. I'm a master um, debater. I've been furiously master debating for really since my teenage years. Has has anyone made that joke before? No, I don't think so. <laughs> They've never paired it with cunning linguist either. Right? I I don't think that. <laughs> Let's talk about who we are debating here and how this works. Um, we are going down the main cast, the people that we just talked about for People's Choice. That's Debbie Dunning, Taryn Noah Smith, Zachary Ty Bryan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Earl Hinman, Richard Karn, Patricia Richardson, and Tim Allen. And we are going to do elimination style, taking one of these people off the plate at a time uh, by... We used to have criteria for this that they had to have a, you know a significant amount of chuckles during the season that they had to have a significant amount of narrative time during the season um and that they just contributed something that would have been missing had they not been there so yeah. I don't want to be super beholden to that if we have other reasons but um that's generally the criteria so with that in mind let's start our debate that's how all the best debates start, with someone saying, let's start our debate. Well, I don't have my starter pistol. Ah, well, yes. Well, then instead you'll have to drop your starter debate book onto the table. <laughs> and I'm not going to do that for our listeners' ears. Even better. Okay. Uh, so, I'm going to give you the uh, the first shot here, sir. Lay someone down on the elimination slab. Who do you want to propose that we eliminate first? Uh, Debbie Dunning, with all due respect to her. Uh, and I'm going to double that due respect. Um, I think that she re- she she deserves double that respect. Um, so wait, like only so like eight times the respect. Then how many times eight? have we doubled it? I'm I'm going to quadruple the double uh, the the octuple uh, ness that we did. So do Oof. that math. No. While, uh, while we eliminate her. Okay. Um, I love Heidi, and I can't wait to see more with her. I hope she gets an actual story soon. That would be cool. Um, but. Yeah, it's by no fault of her own. Um, I agree with you. We should eliminate her. Okay, good. Well, uh, now your turn, sir. Who do you lay down next <laughs> onto the chopping block? I'm not going to lie. This one breaks my heart quite a bit, uh, and I know that it's not going to get any pushback from you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to suggest we eliminate Taryn Noah Smith. I was going to be my next choice because he was barely here this season, guys. I, yeah. I, it's kind of like the Taylors only have two kids now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I don't know what happened to him. He just disappeared for a majority of the season with only a few big highlights. Uh, Fear of flying. Um, oh, I it just I I'm from season one, episode one. 
I've been a Mark fan. I still am. But because of the criteria we set down, he was gone the season, and the season operated just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anything, it was one of our favorite seasons without him. <laughs> so maybe he was. Maybe he was what was tearing the show apart no, the whole no, time. No, I'm he not was ready to make that correlation. Apart. I'm not. God, uh, demerit to you for that that slander on his I, name, sir. I'll, I'll take it. Well, well earned. I don't. I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tara Noah Smith is eliminated. Um, so next on the block, Tim Allen is easy to say. Like you know, I okay. I don't know. I just don't think it was the MVP of the season. I mean, yeah, obviously no, the agree, show is agree, about him, but like you know, it, it. I feel like it's always easy to eliminate him from the competition. Well, that's what I'm. Uh, that's where my hesitancy hesitancy is coming in. I don't. I don't want to, by default, just eliminate him. I, I do think, you know, um, there's potential for him to be MVP sometime, and I think that we have to give him his due credit. You know, there were big changes for him this season that we've already touched on. He's a little less toxic. He's being written to be a little more open and supportive of the people around him. Uh, but, you know, in equal measure, he also backslides to his kind of toxic ways in other moments. So, yeah. um I'm just saying, let's just not assume that he's going to be the uh, be eliminated uh, every time we do this. <laughs> okay, okay, sure, sure. Let's not assume that, but then do it anyway. <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to decide if I want to. I want to set him aside. No, I've already lied on that. I, I I'm ready to eliminate him. So, okay, Tim Allen's gone. Yep. All right. Now, uh, next, <sighs> do we do? There's another obvious one. Zachary Ty Bryan. Uh, yeah. Now here's here's my my vote for him, which is also a vote against him. It's it's two and one. Um, I I don't want to eliminate him right away because the more I've lingered on it in my head, Bigfoot, <laughs> the unforgettable encounter, has really stuck with me. I, hey, wait. That's, you were saying it was it was unforgettable, basically. <laughs> you tried to yes. forget it, but it simply that encounter did not leave I, your mind. I, it didn't. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it wasn't apt title. But the thing is, I think it was a highlight for me of grunt work season five, not of home improvement season five. Uh, I really, really enjoyed our little uh, duo of films that we did of his uh, yeah. mid season break, Magic Island and Bigfoot: The Unforgettable Encounter. He was the um, MVP of both of, both of those movies. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, French Stewart was pretty important to uh, Magic Island. <laughs> and so was David Rash and Bigfoot. But yeah. um, uh, So for that reason, I'm a little hesitant. I have sweet memories of him um, this season. But uh, to go from that kid in those movies to the haircut dude that we saw at the end of the season is a little mind-blowing as well. The haircut dude. <laughs> That's like the name of a barbershop, like, uh, like I don't know. It's like a barber... It's like some kind of... It's a new take on barbershops. It's either in a strip mall or it's a guy who comes in a van to cut your hair and, like, written on the side of his van is the haircut dude. Follow me on Instagram at haircut dude 2 because the other haircut yeah. dudes were taken. He definitely wears a pendant that's in the shape of the peace sign. Yes, or and he has uh, tattoos of scissors on his wrist. <laughs> um, okay, so do you have any debate one way or the other for Zachary Ty Bryan? Uh, you know, look, I would say that Zachary Ty Bryan had some real shining moments in this season. We got mm-hmm. to see some depth to him with, you know, him fighting with Tim over the haircut that he's gotten. We've yeah. got 
the episode where he is having um, issues with the fact that JTT is outstripping him intellectually, like after all the hard work that he's put in. <laughs> and when JTT was just outstripping, that was a little strange for the whole I, family. Well, hey, when you're voted best butt in school, what are you going to do? You just get, <laughs> you're just going to sit on that asset or you're going to go out there and twerk it and, and make some money? I mean, you know, Brad couldn't make his paper out work, but but uh, Randy's got somebody who can make work. And <laughs> there work were so many with an E. <laughs> there were so many asses. Ass words and butt words in what you just said that I couldn't even keep up. I'm a writer. Yes. <laughs> um. So, uh, but and, so look, he had like there were. I think he had a lot of range and probably more yeah. range and and more variety of things to do in this season than ever before. Is he the most? Fa- I don't know about that. I think I think he had more range in season three. But what I liked about him this season is that he really fell into his position as a uh, joke delivery system yes like his character solidified in a way where he's kind of you know the dum-dum has taken its full form and he's kind of you know what i like about it is that he's a good-hearted dum-dum even if he gets into bad things from time to time (laughs) yes a good-hearted dum-dum a dum-dum with a heart of gold (laughs) (laughs) did they ever make dum-dums with caramel centers (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Like, I mean, it sounds gross, but then a lot of candy is anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's probably been done. If they did, if they do Tootsie Pops, they probably do to- Tootsie, not Tootsie. Uh, if they do Tootsie Pops with uh, with a um, Tootsie Roll in the center, they got to do a Dum Dum with caramel in the center. Uh, for that, for that. Little exchange alone. Uh, I'm ready to move on to the next person. Yeah, yeah. The room keeps getting hotter, guys. Okay, what's next? Oh, I guess it's, uh, me. it's your it's your turn to throw someone down. You know, I'm gonna throw JTT it, down. Okay, so our our MVP of last season, he's up for debate here. Um, state your reason, sir. Uh, part of my reason is that there were a couple episodes that he was flat out absent from. Now, the I'm last not, two or three. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that 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 disqualifies him altogether. I'm just saying he was not no, around. No, but they're they're big demerits for sure. Yeah. I, and look, and he's great. He is dynamite in his delivery of jokes, and the stuff that he's in is really good. But at the same time, and you know, he's clearly a great actor. But uh, in terms of, he, and he's a favorite of mine certainly. But in terms of what he is actively contributing to the tv series home improvement in this season i'm not i'm not feeling it so much from him like i mean mm-hmm. like he sir he contributes a lot but he's not the most valuable he is a very he's a valuable yeah. player but not the most valuable though i would say the season wouldn't be the same without him i do that, think true, that true. he was integral in that regard um you know he definitely his storylines and what he brought to the table shaped the the you know how the season unfolded yeah um but to a large degree i agree with you that uh the the new directions that they're taking him um while interesting and i want to see more of it uh kind of gave too much of a, a smattering of choices like if he was just one thing and well i don't want to like pigeonhole him but you know like as brad brad kind of solidified where uh, Randy kind of um, became more expansive, if that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, R- uh, Randy's large and contains multitudes. Yes. <laughs> uh, see, those—that's the the sort of phrasing that I can never uh, keep at the forefront of my mind or, or the tip of my tongue. And and bear in mind, I coined that phrase. That comes from me. No, no one else said that first. <laughs> 
Um, okay. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to agree to eliminate him. Yes. Okay. Good. Well, I'm. That leaves I'm, three. Yes. There were, th- there, there were three left. Yes, the big. Th- this is like the. This is like that last scene in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, where it's just like six minutes of three dudes looking at each other, except one of them is Patricia Richardson. <laughs> R.I.P. Ennio Morricone. Yes, Morricone. God Almighty, Morricone ain't working. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow. All right. Well, we're gonna have to really. We've been in agreement on so many of these so far that we're gonna have to give people their money's worth and really debate these last three. Re- really look at each other really hard while a song plays. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw down one that I don't feel good about, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Richard Karn. Fuck you, no. <laughs> uh, I can't, I, because Richard Karn, uh, I mean, he contributes so much to this season. I mean, I look specifically at the last episode where the, where he, you know, he has this arc with, um, like he he is the emotional center of of certainly the show in many ways, but in this season mm-hmm. particularly, look at his relationship with Eileen. He has this huge fight at Christmas with Eileen over whether it's going to be Eileen or his mom for New Year's. Right. He proposes to Eileen in the last episode of the season. This is Al's whole issue with like I haven't made anything of my life. We start with the board game in an earlier episode when Tim and Jill are off driving tanks around, and then they bring the board game back, and that's like Al's big crack at making something of his life. Uh, I would say that Al Al is not only, you know, he is certainly a punchline in a lot of cases, but he is also emotionally at the center of the show. And I know that we've picked Richard Karn before. I know that we are clearly a pro-Al <laughs> podcast, but he he is doing so much, like his character grows so much in this season and contributes so much humanity to a show that sorely needs it at times. I can't, I can't in good faith let you uh, eliminate him. And this is where the problem comes in. I can't negate anything you just said (laughs) um yes a hundred percent to all of that that said i think that in past seasons uh and i don't know if um using uh, that as a point of reference for making the decision here is fair or not um i think he's had funnier moments in past seasons and more of them uh by no fault of Richard Carnes, as the point I made in the last episode, I'm I don't I want to see different types of stories with Al. I I don't want to see the conflict that he has when he comes to the forefront as being Mister Sensitive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want to see him more as a fish out of water. I don't want to see him kind of. Uh, you know, bowing to Bud or Tim, I, you know, or being at the behest of Tim's benevolence in the light of Bud. Um, I want to see him have more, more power. <laughs> I, I almost said that unironically. <laughs> um, well, I think Tim wants him to have more power too, but he would try and do it by like making a Franken Al with a, a battery in him. Well, he did electrocute him this season. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Uh, so I'm kind of on the fence about that because I feel like while your points were very valid, uh, particularly the Eileen arc, um, I feel like what we've seen of him this season, we've seen before. Okay, I'm just gonna counter you by saying that in this season, we see Al dressed as a mouse run up onto a stage (laughs) to accept an award Uh, have Tim be saying, talking about the 
professionalism and and maturity of Al while he's dressed yeah. as a mouse, and then Al at the microphone saying, "When I started this job, I lived in a hole in the wall." <laughs> now I'm going to point out that is good writing, and he performs it well. But as a counterpoint to that, I will say. I much prefer him walking into a men's engine party wearing Hattie for the first time than I do uh, this very similar moment. Okay, well that's that's a fierce one. That's that's tough. That's tough to counter. Well, look, let's put a pin in that one. Which <laughs> okay. who do you want to who do you want to cut? Well, that's who I that's who I threw down. It's your turn. Oh, that's who you threw down. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then in that case. Um... It hurts to to cut Earl Hindman, but I kind of think like he's had bigger. I mean, look, he he had a great episode this season with uh, with you know him him teaching uh, teaching the drama class or him teaching uh, directing the play. But I think he's had bigger emotional arcs and played bigger roles in previous seasons. So I think that uh, I would give the cut to Earl Hindman. Um. Okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna negate you here. Uh, and just food for thought. This season, we see Wilson. Now, while, yes, he doesn't m- score very high in terms of the narrative thrust of the season. Um, yeah. As far as a character expansion, we see him outside of the backyard far more often. And we see him engaging in ways that are more than just giving the philosophical thrust to have Tim learn. We see okay. him in a Japanese bathhouse. We see True. him teaching Mark how to fly. We see him directing um, Romeo and Juliet for the first time. Uh, he helps Tim with Jill's surprise party. Uh, it's we're, we're seeing him out of his environment, and that, I think, is giving new dimensions to the character. It's allowing more comedy to come in, which yeah. we haven't seen from him before. That's a whole new... Uh, uh, you know, just kind of depth of his character. We've seen sassy Wilson this season. We've seen angry Wilson this season. Uh, when he, you know, is upset about Tim getting the doctorate, uh, the the petition he has signed uh, for the uh, uh, exhaust system that shoots um, the spaghetti everywhere and the the alarm system that uh, that Tim installs. Okay, so he's becoming a little more. Um, uh, I don't want to say assertive is the word I'm looking for. All right. You know what? You're making good points here. You're making good points, and I don't necessarily disagree with any of those. And what's more, I can't counter any of those. <laughs> You're right. I, this he, is where he, it, gets, it gets hard. I mean, we're talking about Richard Carn, Patricia Richardson, and Earl Hinman. Okay. Well, then what's your case for Patricia Richardson? Are you, are you, keep, are you taking or leaving her? Uh, I guess if it was my turn to throw one down, we're going to put a pin in Earl Hinman. I'm going to put down Patricia Richardson because there's, I guess, no one else to put down. Um, and just say that, you know, I, I think she's had some big moments this season. Uh, I particularly liked seeing her in a kind of uh, backpedaling motion uh, when she gives bad psychological advice. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I feel like her character was reactionary this season. I, I would ag- um, I would agree. I would agree. You know, I, I like that they are I, – I feel like they made a forward effort to not have her, like, just cooking dinner all the yeah. time uh, and doing house chores. I mean, there's still that in, you know, a good number of instances, but I, I 
said it last season, and I'm glad we got more of it this season, where we actually see her studying and we see her engaging in activities like book club and her interests. Uh, so I like that. But for the as a whole, she's there really to serve Tim's stories. Yes, yes, I, I would agree. I. I have kind of been aware of this season that as much as I love Patricia Richardson, she's not shining in the way that she has in the past. Not saying that she's on a downward trajectory, just that the season was not as much of a standout Jill time. Yeah, they just didn't write many stories, uh, you know, behind her. And, uh, you know, like even Jill's surprise party was a Tim episode. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, for that, she kind of reflects the general uh, uh, tone of the season, which is just like... A solid seven, seven mm-hmm. out of ten. You know, definitely good. No criticisms, but just not that extra mile by no fault of her own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'm I'm in agreement. If we're gonna eliminate Patricia Richardson, I mean, that's okay. I think that's all we can really do. Yeah. All right. Then that that brings us back to our our final contestants. Uh, <sighs> picture, if you will, a mustachioed referee inside of a Karate Kid. <laughs> rink <laughs> on one end of the corner we have a man hiding behind a fence with a hat on and on the other corner we have a uh, a bearded flannel uh wearing a tool belt and and on the tv we have a man pushing aside some bushes wearing glasses with a cigarette holder in his mouth speaking <laughs> in a strange accent <laughs> oh earl hinden versus richard karn now we're gonna be landlocked here more um, like land locked <laughs> Um, and I guess there, there's no more uh, reason to hide who our individual picks are. Yeah, my, my pick was Richard Karn. And mine's Earl Hinman. Well, <laughs> I guess we have to stop the podcast now. <laughs> we have to fight to the death over this. Um, and it's going to be hard. It's going I, I to... Feelings like, are going to be hurt. Blood's going to be drawn. I feel like Al is more Milk valuable. Milkshakes are going to be drinking. Yeah. Milkshakes will be brought to the yard. <laughs> uh, well, milkshakes will be in the yard already, and th- those will bring boys. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that I think that if you want to assess who is most valuable, it has mm-hmm. to be Al because he is like I think he prefer- like as he provides more value to the overall show, home improvement episode by episode with the you know with him standing up for the cause of good and righteousness when the dudes at the hardware store are talking <laughs> about things with him True. you know with him uh growing as a person and kind of providing the emotional center to multiple pivotal episodes at christmas and the season finale uh <laughs> and with just the, the and with the vital marketing of the tool time board game and by giving a job to that one uh richard karn lookalike his brother sal hell Cal? Cal? No, it's Cal. Cal. Oh, Cal, Cal. not Sal. We, yes. we both got it wrong. <laughs> uh, true, um, but I would say that uh, Earl Hinman, while maybe not the most valuable in terms of narrative thrust, is uh, perhaps the standout performer in regards to the reference point of what his character was to what was represented this season. If we're talking about most valuable performer, I think that... Uh, uh, Earl Hinman showed a different side of his character, whereas everything Al did, which was fantastic, and I, again, have no criticisms of it, um, wasn't anything unexpected. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Richard—I feel like uh, I feel like um, Earl Hinman, though— 
in terms of the character he's playing, like, even though they put Wilson in new places, he kind of was still the same character as was always envisioned. He's always just sort of the sage with a sight gag attached, whereas <laughs> Al has kind of... And I get that Al is still doing... All his plots are rooted in him being the sensitive one, but I feel like there's still a greater range of storytelling done within that. Oh, well, okay, so I'll throw out some some uh, points here. With uh, We saw Wilson's obsessiveness, which was something we haven't seen before when he took over directing. Um, yeah. So he became a little bit more, I mean, it was played for laughs, but in terms of understanding his character, we we see a flaw in him for the first time. Yeah. Uh, we see that he has, um, he's vulnerable to, <laughs> to uh, anxiety, to anger, to all that stuff, uh, as, you know, for the aforementioned points I've made about um, seeing him be a little sassy, uh, yeah. to seeing him uh, taking initiative to actually take Tim down a notch by um, rounding up the petition of the the neighborhood. I don't want to keep repeating the same things that I did over and sure, over Sure, sure, but, but yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing that there are now new things to his character that can be played upon in the future, whereas the things with Richard, uh, with Al, are narrative things that would be played upon in the future, not necessarily to his character. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. You know, no, no, you know what, Landon? I, I think you're swaying me here, man. You're, you're, you're making a good point that we do see, like, multiple faces of Wilson, such it, as it is. Uh, there's there's even, a, an obstacle that he has to overcome here, which is not only is he never going to be, like, the center of an episode. The closest we're getting is the, uh, you know, um, uh, whatever all, the name of the episode. Mr. Wilson's opus. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, so as a, as somebody who is so tied to a sight gag where he can only hide his face, he doesn't have as many opportunities to overcome that and really get a greater depth of character. And because of that, uh, all of the ways that he showed how he could in this season and getting laughs out of it, you know, I've laughed more at Wilson this season than I have in many, many past, uh, seasons, uh, to which I would just point to a visual reference of him in a kimono. Okay, you know what? That's got you know what landed that I forgot <laughs> that, but you're right. Wilson in a kimono. <laughs> Shit, man! I think you, I think you put me over the edge with that. You know what? I see what you mean. I think I'll, I'll I think I'll join you on this one. I I think wow. I it's you know look we could we could fight this out for another six hours or so, but I'm seeing. <laughs> I, I I'm kind of I'm kind of seeing your point. He really does. He really did some some like some legit yeoman's work this this season. So yeah, fuck it. I mean, or, it's a difficult decision because you know how do you choose between the two? We're pitting our you know our two lifelines of the show against each other. Uh, neither of uh, which either of us want to uh, you know talk badly against. So um, this is just a very difficult debate to have. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's no fun, but <laughs> I think that we, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, we 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 have to do this. This is the grunt work, and um, but <laughs> this I think is what we get paid for. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for those checks to come in. By the way. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So are, are we doing? Are we crowning uh, posthumously? Uh, how do you pronounce that word? Posthumously. But yes, posthumously. We are. I could never pronounce that word correctly. Yeah. Um, Earl Hinman, Mr. Earl Hinman as Wilson 
wins the MVP debate for season five. Earl Hinman, season five MVP. Let's let's put the let's put the the gold chain around his neck. Uh, and, uh, you know, build a statue of him and uh, stick it on top of a building. <laughs> Actually, no. Let's and stick it behind can... a fence. <laughs> and then we can project onto the fence, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Yes, exactly that. And those scenes in Silverado that he's in. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Okay, wow. I'm actually kind of surprised. I'm not, not gloating in the the fact that my choice won the MVP, but there's just something exciting about having a new uh, most valuable player this season. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, look. It's so I, often between Patricia Richardson and Richard Karn. And I don't I don't feel great about having to retreat on Richard Karn like that, but you, yeah, I mean, you made, I the better, you made the better argument, which I learned as a master debater, that sometimes <laughs> there's another guy in the room who just uh, works a lot harder and... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, you, you really, I mean, it's it's... Well, really, the my my secret to winning was that I've just been pumping more and more heat into your room and w- outweighing you. <laughs> it's it's really it's a war of attrition in this. Like who who's got the hotter apartment? It's hard to say. Oh my goodness! Um, wow. Okay, so uh, that wraps up our favorites and MVP uh, sections for this episode. As we are nearing the end. Well, wait. We now, did co- we did cover our favorite episodes, right? Did we? We didn't. So. Oh shit! We, well, we totally skipped over that. I can't. Okay. Believe... Well, holy well, shit! How do we well, do that? I don't know how we did that. But here's a suggestion. Let's yeah. cover our favorite episodes, but kind of quickly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because my room uh, is still getting really warm, and we've been at this for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Uh, and we've talked, I think, ad nauseum about every episode this season so far. So, uh, just like the best picture winner, everybody's exhausted. Nobody want to listens. Nobody wants to listen to long acceptance speeches. Let's make our cases not a cases. Just state our favorite episodes and uh, runners up. Yes. Sir, I will let you go first. What uh, uh, What were your runner up episodes for season five? Uh, well, my runner up episode for season five, I would have to say, is. Um... Give me a second, because I actually did. Well, I, no, you know, it, it honestly probably was Chicago Hope was my runner-up, just because okay. it was like, uh, I I don't know. It was, it, it, it wasn't super strong, but it had a lot of fun shenanigans, like the aforementioned mm-hmm. Japanese guys singing the Beatles or Wilson in a kimono. <laughs> Agreed. Um, and for expedition's sake, expedition? How do you expedite expedi- something? Whatever. Expeditiousness's sake. <laughs> that word. Um, Chicago Hope is also my runner-up. Oh, well, even better. So my favorite episode was Let Them Eat Cake. <laughs> no, Landon. No. Yes. No. That is also my favorite episode. It was clearly the funniest episode of the season. It was so it was. good. Senator One of Jason. The best, uh, yeah, best written in terms of jokes and deliveries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Tim calling the house and, like, and, and Brad trying to lie while everything's going on, <laughs> saying, like, oh, yeah, Jason's tickling me or something. Like... <laughs> Uh, Al on stage like a mouse, yeah. And you can't understate the uh, the effectiveness of Richard Karn in a costume. One no. of the the like the cheapest things you can do on a show is to put one of your characters into a costume and just try to get cheap laughs. But yeah. the fact that Richard Karn can uh, milk that in a way that you genuinely laugh at it um, is just fantastic. Uh, I want to watch. <laughs> more of him in costumes on the show yes i agree every episode a halloween episode that's what i'd like (laughs) 
Wow. So uh, even though it was uh, unintended, the unanimous episode of season five, according to grunt work, is Let Them Eat Cake, uh, uh, where Tool Time wins uh, their their public access award or cable access award. Uh, now, now, and now a famous, uh, relatively underused as of late grunt work quote, we agree and we are in agreement. <laughs> we need to get t-shirts of that on. We honestly, yes. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Well, that was a lot faster and, uh, lackluster than I expected. And it, it just, helps when we agree. Just like the, uh, Oscars, I'm sure everyone is asleep by now. Yes. Um, or, so... or they're already drunk at the governor's ball. <laughs> <laughs> you grunt work though i don't uh <laughs> i don't condone it um is probably made better by alcohol uh yes yes most likely if we were drinking right now we would be severely dehydrated because we're already kind of dehydrated i, I meant for our listeners <laughs> oh i see i see yes probably that too but if you think the presenters at the academy awards aren't drunk you have a lot to learn about hollywood <laughs> Um, sir, that takes us to the, uh, the namesake of our show. Yes. Uh, the Grunt Counts. Yes. Plural. You, uh, were tasked with some math this season, as you I, are every season. The wor- the um, worst part of, of my year every <laughs> year is when I have to do this small trifling amount of math. Uh, so, uh, in order to not... Uh, bias my guess for the season grunt count. Let's go into um, the various things after I guess, but why don't you just uh, in case anyone is just joining us or joined us halfway through the season um, tell everyone what the criteria is for a grunt. Oh, well, a grunt, for those of you just, just joining us, uh, is when Tim makes a grunting sound. Now, I this sounds this sounds stupid, but let me finish my sentence. I know you want to interrupt me. You're pulling out your earbuds. <laughs> it's when Tim makes a grunting sound that is not him talking. It's like Tim going, oh, no. That's yeah. not a grunt. Tim going, oh, oh, oh. that's three grunts. Each each grunt has an individual attack. Oh, oh, oh. Each of those is a grunt. I feel yes. so dumb. Right now, sitting alone in a room, grunting into a microphone, wondering how much my neighbors can really hear through my poorly sealed windows. Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, I know my neighbors can hear me right now because they are making dinner not more than three feet away from me on the other side of this wall. Um, hey, give where... a shout out to Landon's neighbors, our MVPs of our recording system. Uh, where this is uh, the point where... Um, I test the evolution of my grunt, how yes. how well that I have uh, assumed Tim's grunt impression. How how well can I do a grunt? Uh, yes. And I have been secretly improving upon this uh, all throughout the season as I've been announcing the grunt count in every episode. So I have oh. confidence in this. Um, but uh, just to not let you grunt alone in your apartment, I'm going to grunt alone in mine. Okay, very good. <clears throat> so... Uh, I'm waiting for the panel of judges to hold up their their cards uh, of one through ten on uh, this grunt I'm about to do. Well, well, you have to grunt first, so you can't be waiting for us to do it before you do the grunt. Have you not watched the Olympics what? ever? <laughs> I thought they got their ratings beforehand, and then they had to live up to it. <laughs> I mean, that's like, uh, I mean, if you want to give the athletes, like, severe anxiety and, like, emotional problems, feeling like they have to live up to something that's unearned, but that's... <laughs> That's the that's the psychology Olympics. Yeah, I'll let their parents do that. Um, <laughs> that okay, that probably already happens. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <clears throat> I think I got a better one in me. Oh, oh okay, okay. All right, do, all right. Do a read. 
No, God, why is my voice so high today? Yeah, I know it's it's too high. I'm not I'm not happy about these, but for the sake of our listeners and myself, I'm gonna leave that where it is. Yeah, you know, it's good. Like if I were judging it, I would probably hold up like a seven point four six, but like it, the, the issue is just that Tim Tim's tend to always be lower. It's got to be way more guttural. I know, like, I know. Uh, I don't know what's... Shouldn't uh, have sniffed here. all the helium before we did this episode. Uh, yeah, man, uh, I know. Maybe I feel like I've given better grunts during the season than I did uh, when it really mattered. Hey, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes your best uh, performance is, you know, in the last rehearsal before you go out there <laughs> uh, on stage. I mean, that's, you know. That's true. Sometimes yep. your best debate is in the practice round and not the state final. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to go into what the the grand finale of our season five grunt count is. Uh, but I got to guess, I, I, I've got to put it out there. While I have technically had access to how many grunts we have this season, if I just went back and listened to all the episodes or even look back at the newsletters that I've put out, but I didn't do that. No. Sir, as you stated, this season stretches back as far as Halloween of 2019. Yes. I ain't got time for that. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> so, painful to look back that far. This guess that I'm estimating here is 100% just going off of uh, my memory of what you announce week to week. Yeah. Uh, and so I've got a number ready to go. Okay, what's that number? I'm going to guess that the season five total grunt count of Tim is 48. Ooh, Landon. Uh-oh. Landon. Oh, no. Interesting, because one of those digits was correct. I don't really? know if you want to, I don't know if you they, to guess which one. Is it in the right position? Is, like, the four in the right yeah. position, the eight in the right position? The, 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 the digit you got correct is in the correct position, yes. Okay. Uh, then I definitely think it's in the 40s. No. Oh, shit. Okay. Is it higher or lower? I'm not going to keep guessing, but I'm just curious. It's it's higher. That is surprising to me. Okay. I, yes. Um, then... I, I respect you for going as low as you did, though. That was, a, that was a wise choice, but you undershot it. Drum roll, please. That's a, that wasn't a that, drum roll. That's not a drum <laughs> that is a That is a man slowly dying. No, no, and it's and and that is still a man slowly dying. The grunt count for season five. Get your shit together, Landon, because this is serious. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. The grunt count okay. for season five is sixty-eight. What? Six? How did it, eight? How did you let this get so out of control? How, how did I let what get so out of control? I mean, the uh, number. The number. Six, that's almost seventy. You put me in charge of the math, and you wonder how the numbers got out of control. Landon, do you really know what you're asking about? How, how is that possible with so many zero-episode uh, grunt episodes that we've had this season? You know, I mean, look, we did have a bunch of zero-episode grunts, uh, zero-episode grunts, zero-grunt episodes, for God's sake. But there were actually fewer zero-grunt episodes this season than there were last season. This season we had five episodes— no, I will not. There were five <laughs> episodes this season that had no grunts in them. Last season, seven episodes with no grunts in them. Whoa! And you know, yeah. And look, I did. I I tallied up all of the. I tallied up all the numbers of grunts, and then I tallied them all up again, like a second time. Pl- plugged them all into the calculator twice to make sure that I had it right, and I got the same number both times. And that number was sixty-eight. And what I can, was 
what was yeah. the, uh, uh, the season grunt count last season? The season grunt count last season was 90. Okay. I, right. I wanna, and, I, and I've probably discussed this before, but okay. Season one grunt count, 359. Season two grunt count. <laughs> season two grunt count. Grunt count. Grunt count is 367. Season Jeez. three grunt count, 182. So between season two and season three, we lost about 50% of our grunts from one season to the next. Season three to season four, we go from 182 to 90. So again, in half. And mm. then we go from 90 to 68, which is still like a fairly substantial decline. We're again almost losing like about a third. 30%. Yeah, 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 roughly a 30%. But I don't know if we're, I don't know how much lower we can get. I really don't. Wow, I that I, I'm not going to lie, that number really really shocks me cuz I felt like we were on fumes with the grunts this season. I did uh, too. 68 is shocking to me. Wow. Okay, well, then walk us through the numbers. Uh what were like what can we expect in terms of um how many grunts per episode were there average or you know, the median grunt count? Well, okay. Well, so the median the median grunt for the episodes is two, for what that's worth. Okay. And the and your average GPE and including the <laughs> including the outliers uh, yeah. is two point six one grunts per episode. Okay. Without, so you yeah. can we're we're kind of and I'm curious to compare those numbers to the previous season's numbers. Like, are we yeah. seeing on average a less amount of grunts per episode? Uh, yes, we are. Last season it was three point four six grunts per episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I then, guess that I, would stand to reason with a uh, fewer grunt count, you're in the same amount of episodes, you're going to see a lower GPE. That is definitely correct, yes. And then without Matt, the w- w- without the outliers, it's uh, 3.23 this season, and it was 4.38 wow. last season. So yeah. So then what was what what episode had the most amount of grunts? Now, and, or, th- or what episode what was the most amount of grunts we had per uh, in one single episode? Is what I'm trying to say. Okay, the highest amount of grunts that we had and this is laughable in, in comparison to previous seasons, was eight. And not even double digits. Not even double digits. And remember, there were episodes in the past where we hit 77 grunts. Oh, uh, my God. And that, those eight grunts came in a fairly logical episode, Tanks for the Memories, uh, an episode that is literally constructed around Tim driving tanks around. Of course he would grunt the most in that one. That makes That is the only thing about this that makes any logical sense, is that That's that would be our high true. point. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, yes. And then what's the, the least amount of grunts? I mean, obviously zero. So that answers my question. Yeah. Thank you for playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Then after that is one, and then after that is two, and then after that is three, and four, and five, I, and six. The thing is, I wrote that question during season one, and I've just copied and pasted it during every I, single season I, I, yeah. spectacular. So uh, it feels like it's no longer applicable. Yes, I I think it it definitely yeah it really isn't applicable anymore because it's always zero and the question is really how many zero grunt episodes did we have? Yeah. So um, that leaves one final question, which is yes. what is our cumulative series total grunt count? And I also want to venture a guess at this. Yeah, take it, take a guess, crack at it. Um, I'm going to say, doing mental calculations. Uh, I'm going to put us at 1,027. Landon. Landon. You're correct in that we have broken the 1,000 mark. However, 
I, yeah, 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 just just go nuts. You didn't get it right. You just got one one aspect of it correct. <laughs> uh, also, it's not it's not hard to make that guess because last season our running grunt count was 998. So naturally we're going to break oh, 1000. See, I had forgotten what that was. Yeah. So, I was just trying to do math on the fly here. Oh, never do that. So, uh, yeah, so our total grunt count right now is 1066. 1066 okay. Battle of Hastings. Um, yeah, so we, we hit a thousand grunts, I think, so much later than we expected that we would have. I mean, we were at, we were at nine, we, we had barely broken, we'd, we had 908 at the end of season three, and I think we'd assumed that we would be at a thousand well, well into season four, but instead it took us another two seasons to get there. Based on the numbers of season one, I would have, if you'd asked me at the end of season one, I would have said we would be at about... 2500 by now <laughs> yeah yeah by the end look at the end of season two we had 726 grunts and now and and Jesus. and now we've only just squeaked into 1066 well, I, I i am go at the end of the series i'm gonna graph this shit and you're going to see a va- I can't like wait. we're we are actually like this is we're actually getting some interesting data from this dumb <laughs> dumb show we make it's really <laughs> I, I mean, all, all this indicates to me is that there was a concerted effort at ABC telling him, like, Tim, you got to tone back the grunts. You went way overboard in season two, and then it's just been <laughs> culling ever since then. So I'm going to have you do a little speculation here. What do you think we have in store for season six? In terms of the number of grunts? Yeah. I mean, I, the numbers seem to be pointing in a certain direction, but, I mean... Do you have any uh, anecdotal evidence that we might see it go uh, in an upward trajectory? Well, I don't know what anecdotal evidence I'll have from the future. I mean, uh... <laughs> I mean from this season. Like, do you have any gut instincts that go, "Oh, you know what? Well, because of this, we might see uh, an uptick." I think that it will plateau. Or I think that it will rough, or like maybe we'll have like seventy grunts next. Like it'll tick slightly infinitesimally upwards. Okay. I would be if it if it decreases more. I can't see it decreasing by more than ten or fifteen, just because yeah. like it's already pretty low, and grunting is still kind of what Tim Allen is known for. And I think they've kind of found it's as, what the, as, they gave him the green light for the show on the grunting yeah. male uh, husband. It's it's part of the theme song for the show, which is what makes it all the more remarkable that there is relatively little grunting in the show anymore. Yeah, and so worth th- noting that you aren't counting the theme song grunts. No, I am not counting those. But no. so I, I think that we, you know, I think that if season six we hit 50 grunts, I think that wouldn't be a, a total shock to me, but I would be surprised if we could go much lower than that. So you're saying 20 grunts in either direction isn't going to be a surprise, but if we break double digits next season or we hit you know, 25 next season, that'll be a shocker. That, yeah, that'll be something that we have to alert the media. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, great. Wow. Okay, well, this has been a very enlightening uh, grunt count section, I gotta be honest. I, I know. I mean, it's really the most interesting part of the show every year, I'd say. And I, I, I know I love talking about it, like, every year, because we're at the point now where it takes us one year to do a season. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, on that note uh, about the length of time it takes things, I guess that's worth going into um, uh, looking forward and kind of finishing up this episode. Uh, yes. Both so Sherman can go breathe. Yes. Um, hey, you should <laughs> but... breathe too, dude. It's fun. 
Uh, you know, my apartment's actually not too hot today. Oh, um, well, why do you fucking die? <laughs> I was waiting till the end of the check, episode to tell you that. <laughs> check out the big air conditioning on land and Lottie. Oh, no, no AC over here. Yeah. Um, although I am sitting in my chair backwards. That's a say by the bell joke. <laughs> Just an exasperated sigh. We yeah. really are ending the season on a low note. I'm um, I'm just I'm just trying to hoist my mullet up to get a little bit of cool air on my neck, and you're just making <laughs> Saved by the Bell jokes. Okay, so um, let's start by talking about Patreon. Let's. Uh, so first, I have one word to say. Uh, oopsie, I had forgotten to pause payments for July, so um, that had gone through. Apologies, guys, but uh, to make up for it, um, we won't charge uh, the first. Um, month of season six. Yes. So that was our, our thing moving forward is that we would start charging again as soon as season six starts. So we will postpone that one additional month once that starts to make up for that. So uh, thank you, and I'm sorry to everyone for that. Um, I am too. While I'm sorry we are, for Landon. <laughs> while we are going into our uh, break here, um, I want to say that we will continue to be doing Gruntwork Nights episodes, uh, so you will not be losing out on that content uh, during our extended break. A massive uh, sigh of relief goes up from a <laughs> weary nation. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, I was going to pose this to you offline, but hell, let's just do it right on air. Um, instead of rebroadcasting old uh, Gruntwork episodes, we might, uh, how do you feel about us putting out... Uh, some of our older Gruntwork Nights episodes on our regular channel for listeners to uh, to hear. Yeah, yeah, pull them out of the Gruntwork vault, pull them out of our wine cellar, uncork them, pour a little <laughs> bit into a glass to make sure they haven't gone bad in the cellar, and then, yeah, let them drink them. I say, I say let's right. do it. Great. Well, so um, all of that to say, like, if you want access to our Gruntwork Nights episodes while payments are paused on Patreon, you can go sign up for free and get the entire backlog of things. Otherwise, um, we'll be putting out one episode a week uh, in the interim between um, the end, you know, this episode and the beginning of Season 6, so you can look out for those. Yeah. Um, and I just want to give a heartfelt thanks to all of our Patreon supporters this season. Uh, you've made the show possible, even yes. though we haven't charged for most of it but um you know the, that's the not support, your fault that's not our fault that's just the world's fault and, and the, the moral support of you guys liking our show really means a lot so thank you for that <laughs> exactly that's that more than anything else is the big thing uh yeah as truman said but for me as well no, that we're not uh, just... shouting into the void but we are instead <laughs> shouting into the ears of some really committed fans who like this dumb shit that we do yeah thank well, you well i i do still shout into the void but it's just a personal uh you know hobby of mine Oh yeah, no. Uh, shouting into the void fills up about sixty percent of my day. It's this is the, this is one of the only times there's not a void that I'm shouting I, into. I stand at the edge of the chasm, just like in Garden State, uh, and instead of screaming a primal scream, I just go yowie yowie. Um, <laughs> I've gotten to the point where the void tells me like, dude, can you just like chill? Like I'm trying to sleep. That's that's how that's how much it is. Also, uh, and yeah. also, Landon, thank you for mm-hmm. making a Garden State reference. Just just. <laughs> Really, chef's kiss. Thank you. Totally um, relevant movie that has aged very well. Oh, my God. Uh, I do want to mention, uh, as far as Patreon's concerned, that it's going to look a lot different in Season 6. Uh, we're kicking some new ideas around. Obviously, it's been a kind of a shuffle trying to get everything together and staying on top of things. We're going to be exploring with new um, possibilities and different tiers and you know maybe streamlining things a bit. So 
Uh, stay tuned for that, but while we're not charging for anything, it's kind of an irrelevant point and doesn't affect you until it does. So uh, <laughs> we'll be in touch uh, with all the Patreon supporters um, uh, about those changes uh, coming forward. Uh, or yes. coming soon whenever they happen um, going forward coming soon yes <laughs> i guess to uh just lastly touch on grunt work proper this show that you're currently listening to um <laughs> we to reiterate uh something we've said earlier this season uh, a couple episodes ago are going on an extended break uh, yes this between season five and season six we don't like to uh i don't i don't want to but um, but we kind of have to. But we kind of have to. Just, you know, uh, going back to the beginning of this episode, the warts and all approach, um, as you guys have probably noticed, uh, that listen week to week, it's been, we, we've had some starts and starts and falls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we were going to do a live episode, and unfortunately, uh, things came up, and that wasn't possible yes uh, we were gonna do uh, an audio commentary like normal um but we aren't in the same room and while we could theoretically do it, it it's you know just not as fun so we're gonna yeah. make up for that somewhere on the back end um so and we, then we took an extended break for mid-season we took an unexpected break halfway through the second half of the season so there's just been a lot of stuff going on um and one of the big changes i i think is okay to reveal now yeah. as much as it's hard to um is that w- the biggest change and the biggest reason for the pause between seasons is that uh i am moving out of los angeles wait what no i'm just kidding guys i knew this already <laughs> i knew this uh yeah it's uh i i'm moving to madison wisconsin Woo-hoo! um go badgers halfway across the state is that their uh is that a, a sports thing or is that a, a yeah yeah? State? It's the, Landon. You should know. You should probably know these things. That I'm not there moving. yet. It's, it's a huge. It's a huge thing. It's a college town. And oh man, yes. The Wisconsin I don't. I don't Badgers. come from there. I'm not from there originally. Like I know the Wolverines in Michigan. I don't know anything about Wisconsin. I'm yet to learn, sir. Uh, okay, you have to absorb the the rich culture of the. Of the place. I don't. I don't have my ancestry coming from Wisconsin. So yeah, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> to me, I, all the Great Lakes states are just one big thing. So I, I don't recognize the rich <laughs> cultural diaspora. There, yeah, isn't. I, well, I don't know. I don't want to disparage the state before I even get there. But uh, you know, there's not too much difference between Wisconsin and Michigan. <laughs> um. That said, uh, so between these seasons here, I'm going to have to pick up and move, and uh, that's just going to take time and clearly difficult to record while doing that. So um, we're going to, as I said, uh, continue to do our grunt work nights because those are easier to coordinate yes. uh, and do as batch recordings. So th- yes. those can continue, but um, the next time you hear my voice is going to be from the other side of the United States. His his teeth will be chattering due to the uh, cold winds from the north, but his heart will be warm and full oh my of God. cheese curds. My first winter, uh, well, my first extended winter since I've moved to Los Angeles, so it's been 15 years on that. But, oh, boy. Uh, even just, I haven't even seen snow, I don't think, since 2014. Jesus. So, uh, I am going to be a baby this year. <laughs> I, I know it. There's no I, getting around it. I feel like your I feel like your Michigan skills are going to kick in, though. I mean, you you learned how to like you learned how to drive on snow at some point in your life. You will pick up. It's like riding a bicycle. You're never going to forget. Uh, I I disagree. I think that the gif uh, of me that's going to describe me this winter is William H Macy smashing his uh, ice <laughs> scraper against his windshield. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, you're darn tootin'. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's bittersweet. I hate to, you know, break up uh, Gruntwork Studios, but, you know, we're, we're diversifying. We're having, uh, instead of Gruntwork Studios North and South, we're having Gruntwork Studios East and West. Yeah, um, and... Yeah, I, you know, I'm, and I'm, you know, certainly since I think this, we haven't really talked about me in a while, and I need to make this about myself somehow, but like, please do. Uh, uh, you know, certainly as sad as I am to see Landon leave, um, you know, the, the city of angels, the city of brotherly love, Los Angeles, uh, as they call it, um, I'm excited for this new chapter, and I'm excited to have an excuse to visit, uh, Madison, and, um, I don't know, and maybe, maybe if we become huge super podcasting pros, we can do live shows in Madison, because we're not catching on in L.A. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, and it's been, what, three years now? So I think if the pro thing were going to happen, it would have happened by now. Uh, but let's just keep blaming Home Improvement for keeping us back. <laughs> yes. But look, the the point is, a grunt work will now kind of, in a sense, be bi-coastal. You know, there will be me here yeah. on the Pacific Ocean and then Landon on the coast of uh, Lakes Mendota and Monona, uh, which is a coast <laughs> in its own right. Uh, agreed, yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, we... Uh, to mirror what Truman said, I'm a little, you know, devastated to to. I'm definitely going to have separation anxiety uh, from him. Um, but it's uh, anything. Technology has shown that we can produce quality content uh, while still being in two different places. So. We can produce content while being in two different places. Let's not get we can too ahead of ourselves. Audio, audio that sounds okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I mean, you you do a great job editing, and I think our episodes sound good. I'm not talking about the content so much. Uh, okay, quality, okay. Quality of the content, just the quality of the sound of the content. <laughs> I would say that just more so than any of my other friends who have moved away, and I say, oh, no, we'll keep in touch, we'll keep in touch, then we don't. Like, Landon and I have to keep in touch. We have to continue <laughs> this project, and then we have to probably, after this finishes, make another podcast about a sitcom. So, uh, you know, the, the the alliance will be maintained. and It will and continue. Con- yeah, yes. remain strong. So I know all of you were very worried about that, so now we've addressed it. <laughs> uh, exactly. So season six is 100% on the way. Uh, it's just going to, uh, you know, ask for a little bit of patience to get there, and uh, it's not going to cost you guys anything. Uh in the interim, so uh, please stick with us. We hope that you you tune back in when we come back. Uh, if you want to be notified when that happens, uh, sign up for our newsletter. Um, we will be doing all of our communication through that, uh, as well as Patreon. So those are the two main channels uh, to be in touch with us. Uh, you can always email us, too, at info at gruntworkpodcast.com. Yes. Um, didn't intend to kind of go into my outro here, but we're kind of already there <laughs> yeah unless we want to go for another two and a half hours just make this a five hour long one uh certainly <laughs> uh could do that uh i don't think i want to do that uh for let's the sake list of you all and the streets. our listeners let's list all the streets in madison wisconsin okay let me see we have monroe street we have regent street we have johnson street we have milwaukee hey, street regent. oh nice okay okay Perfect. well then you should you should look at you should look at that well way to dox yourself dude uh, <laughs> hey man they can't come after me now <laughs> that's true that's true um so yeah uh if you want information on today's show and all of season five you can find it on our website which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com uh and uh you can follow us on all of our social media accounts uh where you can find us at gruntwork pod uh we are currently on hiatus there probably until season six as well 
Um, unless anything big comes in, maybe I'll forward out the uh, the Marty count. Oh, <laughs> now how do you think she'll count that one? Because it wasn't quite a Marty. I mean that. Well, let's not let's not speculate about it, man. Let's let let's leave that to her. You're right. and, and be that's surprised. her criteria to determine. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll forward that out if uh, if Farah has that. Um, if not, you know, I certainly wouldn't expect her to be spending her time on such a ridiculous thing like we do. Um, yeah, and I guess until season six, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and uh, remember, keep on wear running in the free world. And wear a mask, <laughs> yes. Wear a fucking mask. Just wear a mask. You're going to have to tell a lot of people that in Wisconsin. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> I have to tell a lot of people that here. Yeah, also true. Um, we let's, love let's you. End- <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that's yeah. exactly the words I was going to go to to end this yeah. on a positive note. We love you all. Thank you so much for the support. We'll be yes. talking to you uh, as soon as we can. Yes, absolutely. Cue the music. Ba da 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 da.